Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled, uh, I Believe in a Thing Called Love, which is a great song. Uh, if you've never heard it, I believe it's by a band called The Darkness, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of songs. There's there's some good falsetto in there. <laughs> there's a lot of good falsetto. I'm sure there are a lot of songs, though, that are titled, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. I should have looked that up. But I bet there are a lot. <laughs> There's got to be more than one. <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to specify. I was talking about the one by the darkness, I think, is the band. That's it's a great song. Everybody should go listen to it. All right. So uh, but before we get to talking about, I believe, in a thing called love, uh, we need to get to the news. Haven Secret. The Powers, book one, written by Melissa Benoist, Jessica Benoist, and Mariko uh, Tama- uh, Tamaki, had its book birthday yesterday. Happy book birthday. <laughs> it's now available for purchase. Uh, if you don't want to read it yourself, you can have Melissa Benoist read it to you in audiobook form. So that's exciting. Um, so the official description of the book reads... Ellie McFadden has intuitive gifts. She can sense what other living things are feeling. She can even talk to animals. Too bad she can't connect with her twin sister, Parker. Parker McFadden has kinetic gifts. She can cause shocks to the earth and produce heat energy that explodes from her body like fire, especially when she's angry. The sisters aren't aware of the legacy they've in- they inherited from their mother until on their 13th birthday. Two mysterious relatives on the power side whisk them off to an isolated sanctuary called Haven. Ellie immediately adapts to the new routine, but Parker has one impulse to get back to her normal life of friends and sport and sports fast unlocking haven secrets is just the beginning of what ellie and parker can do if they choose to work together to harness their abilities but the sinister force (laughs) that took their mother (laughs) has other plans and if the sister's fragile relationship succumbs to the danger capital t capital d (laughs) a terrible fate may befall the people they love Uh, I like to I, I like count chocula at the end. I think it really brought something. It really, to it. it really brought it home. Thanks, thanks for doing that. Uh, yeah, no so so I have a copy of uh, the Ooh. Powers Haven Secret, and what what I appreciate about this, I don't know if this is going to translate on the uh, the screen, but the font is actually really big. In this book. <laughs> I was just about to say for like a middle grade book, that is a thick book. 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I'm actually really excited about the large font. That means I, I think, might have a chance to finish this. I think we're going to slam through this for book club. <laughs> <laughs> it's 294 pages. That seems doable. So doable. And I thought it was cute. The, uh, I, I don't I forget what they call this, like the dedication. What is that? What is that called at the beginning I of think books? Just called the dedication? Oh, maybe. I don't know. This seems <laughs> like there's so. a proper name for that. But it says for grandma and grandpa and her long drives through the mountains, whistling to symphony. You gave us our love of nature. I thought that was oh, that's so very, sweet. very cute. So, um, putting this on the books of uh, the list of books Rebecca needs to read and actually finish. So maybe <laughs> I maybe I can do it. If there's, I have faith in you that you can do it. Uh, <laughs> what was the other one that you were reading? That's like really like dense. I have so many. It was, that like, I'm a, it was like, oh, what is art or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Tolstoy book. Yeah, I haven't Tolstoy. finished that. I haven't finished yeah, you're, that like, you're like, I'm not a big reader. I'm currently working my way through Tolstoy. I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to work your way up to that. You want to start, start at the middle grade books and then work your way up. <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished that Tolstoy book. That's that's still on the to-do list. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we maybe we'll 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 do an episode of Supergirl Radio where we read Melissa Benoist's first book. Have you ever heard people refer to uh, book birthdays before? Uh, that's that's I what think... uh, Abrams, the company, I think the publishing oh. company, referred to it as a, a book birthday. I think that's maybe that's something they do in like the publishing, like when their book is born into the world. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, have you seen the book cakes? I follow, I've started no. following like a lot of like writers or, or like publishing people on Twitter. Cause I like to see the, the pictures of the, the pretty book covers uh, because I do judge books on their covers, like pretty, <laughs> pretty harshly actually. And so, but like people will, they'll get like their book cover on like a cake and it'll be like a fancy cake with like the cover of their book. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the amount of work that goes into that. Like somebody who's like, okay, I got to go to the bakery. I'm going to bring my proof and I'm going to be like this, but in cake. <laughs> this but edible is what I want. I respect that hustle. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Haven Secret had its book birthday. Do we have a, a, a feline visitor? Oh, hold on one second. I'm just going to need to make sure that every, okay, everybody's fine. Everybody's oh, fine. They're, they're fighting. They were they fussing? I, I heard some commotion. It sounded like they were dying, and I thought I was going to have to save them. But it turns out they're just arguing. They're just having a little <laughs> argument. <laughs> one of them was like, I love that Lex is back. And the other one was like, not me. And then it got, it got heated. Maybe, it was, maybe they're on different sides of like a ship or war that I'm not aware of. <laughs> well, you just stay under the table. You're nice and safe there. Okay. <laughs> well, let us know if there's an emergency. We'll, we'll adjust if something else it's happens. loud. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like there was some cat cat cussing going on there. <laughs> there is there is a disagreement, that's for sure. <laughs> well, hopefully everything is uh, okay with the lab cats for now. Um, okay, well, I just want to remind everybody that for this live stream, we are going to be raising some money for the Breast Cancer Research Foundation of Alabama. So if you would like to give some money, uh, you can do that by clicking on the link in the video description uh, below this live stream or in the audio podcast show notes. All, all of the funding actually stays in Alabama, but the impact of what uh, we donate is worldwide with research. So thank you in advance to everybody uh, who is able to donate and who has already donated. So thank you very much. And if uh, if you aren't able to donate, that's okay too. If you just want to share the link and tell people about it, that is also very helpful. So 
I'm just going to uh, leave the ticker up because tickers are pretty fun. I love them. Just to it remind us, people. <laughs> it makes me feel like there's like breaking news that we have. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a piece of paper, but uh, somebody hands you a piece of paper. like, and you and you're like Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just, <laughs> I just just in. And you're like... <laughs> Um, I want, I want the ticker to eventually just like start having like the plot along the bottom and <laughs> just to see if it's any more understandable, like in written form. We're just like, okay, the, the totems can be destroyed, but then they come back, but then they become people. I, I don't, <laughs> what's happening <laughs> ne- next week. I'm going to write down everything I know about the totems <laughs> and, then, and I'm going to put it in the ticker. <laughs> It'll just be gone on the ticker. <laughs> just for you, Morgan, I'm going to write everything I know about these totems. What which is if, what if, not like, a lot? As, but as the season goes on, as we come to the end, we just get like more visually confusing here at Sim- Supergirl Radio. Like, what if that's <laughs> like, our goal? Like, like an ESPN or a CNN screen <laughs> yeah, where there's just, just like a stuff. bunch of screens everywhere? It's like it's like being in Cat's office, but like on steroids. <laughs> it's like the experience of watching the show and trying to figure out what's happening. <laughs> this chaos is reflective of my viewing experience. <laughs> I think so. So yeah. So we'll we'll maybe have to do another ticker just to <laughs> maybe maybe utilize this more for comedic effect uh, effect uh, moving forward. So we'll try to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for our news for this week. So here is the official description of I believe in a thing called love. Quote, when Lex Luthor appears by Nixley's side, Supergirl and team must deal with the emotional fallout of facing their two biggest foes at the same time. Alex makes plans for the perfect proposal for uh, to Kelly, but work keeps getting in the way, unquote. Uh, so before we start talking about Alex and Kelly getting engaged, which seems like a good way to start our discussion uh, about an episode called I Believe in a Thing Called Love. That seems like a natural fit. Uh, let's bring in our special guest for this uh, live stream. So welcome to the live stream, Ermgard. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. How are you two doing today? Doing, doing, doing pretty well. Um, and so we wanted to bring you in because uh, I know you're a big fan of uh, the Alex and Kelly relationship and a, a big fan of Alex, I think, uh, originally, even before uh, Kelly came onto the show. So I know you have lots of thoughts to share about Alex and Kelly's uh, engagement. So uh, what what did you think about how that was represented on screen? I thought they did a great job, really. I mean, uh, um, I love I just stayed with the dancing stuff on the episode last night i didn't even see lex or nixley what they were doing i was just on the dancing <laughs> side of things so i was you're, you're in a happy place last night. oh yeah very very so they did a few things that where they messed up a little bit maybe oh and, uh, we, so uh I, i'll let you know about one of the things like when uh, uh alex was telling of uh when she knew that she was in love with her she said we were at Al's and uh, we asked who's who's your villain, and we both said Hans Gruber. Well, it was only Kelly that said Hans Gruber. Alex actually early in the episode had told to Kara and uh, Nia and Brainy that it was Hans Gruber, so they messed up on that part. Actually. Fact check, false. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's that's good to know. Uh, yeah, I think maybe she was just saying like in her heart. 
that was her answer. <laughs> I, I, I guess so, but you know. <laughs> yeah, get it right. And just so everybody knows who's watching the, the live stream, uh, Ermgard is driving. That's why the camera's shaking a little bit. <laughs> so I just okay, wanted I'm not driving somebody else. Well, that's that you're you're in a you're in a vehicle, so that's right. uh, so that's why the, the, the camera's shaking a little bit. Um well yeah, so that that was kind of, I did sort of like that throwback uh to that moment though. It was actually something that was in the show and we had seen it previously and so that was a nice uh callback to that because sometimes on the show uh the, things happen off screen and so it was nice that there was something <laughs> oh, actually yeah. actually there that we had seen before um yeah, so like, hey, hey, yeah go ahead i'm sorry no no what were you gonna say i said yeah like uh hey my sister is supergirl by the way <laughs> off screen off screen you don't you wouldn't want to see that scene it's not important no. it's not, no. not a big deal um so what did you think about uh alex's plan to have the proposal at al's and finding out that the uh location is booked what, what did you think about all that oh i thought it was real sweet of her um i i gotta say this though as soon as she went in there and he said it's already booked i had a little inkling that uh, it might have been kelly i think a lot of people thought the same thing that's what i actually on twitter a lot of people were talking about that as soon as he had said it was booked already everybody pretty much knew it was kelly that had booked the place i thought they were just going uh, to the event space like they were just like really getting themselves out there as like the place to be like the place that you want to have your party al's bar <laughs> You can you can rent it out. That's awesome. They're like, oh, they're right? a- our advertising has actually worked. Like you, <laughs> people are really we getting are, in there now. <laughs> we we only get attacked a few times. Once a week, we get attacked. So, <laughs> exactly. You know. I feel like he should have been a little bit more insulted that Alex was like, "You're booked." Like, <laughs> sorry, Kelly planned ahead, but like, also, is it that unbelievable? He should have been like, "Excuse me." Excuse me, is it that unbelievable that I would be booked? That was a really great place. And this is a like great event space. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been a little insulted, uh, but yeah, that was a nice that was a nice reveal. I did kind of have the same thought that maybe Kelly had been in on it, but it was uh, it was nice that that was what it was and that Al was not just kind of brushing her off that Al was kind of in on it. Uh, it seemed like a lot of people were in on it. Uh, William was in on it. Esme was in on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Esme was super adorable, uh, really giving it to Al. She's like, don't you believe in love Al? Uh, that was my, probably my favorite part of the episode. Uh, just I think, Esme. I, I think that girl can melt anybody's heart. Really? Uh, She's she's becoming a bright spot so in these cute. dark final days <laughs> <laughs> for me. So so uh, that's that's been good. Um, so uh, what what did you think about uh, just like the you know the proposal aspect of it? Actually, you know we we kind of knew what Alex's plan was, but how how do you think that went went down um, when it actually did happen? Well, I, I thought it was kind of funny that Esme was able to keep it secret. That I mean, she was pretty good, as you said, in keeping the secret. And then uh, when she came in and she got surprised and Kelly was there, uh, some people were saying they didn't understand why why Alex, why William would talk to Alex and why he would be involved in this. I think some people forget that last season he and Kelly worked uh, on trying to find out what happened to the people that went into the VR world. And they apparently became good friends during that time. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I just want to bring that up, you know, because people are like, oh, my God, why would you talk to Al- uh, to William? Well, he became friends with Kelly last season. 
Oh, I, need, I needed that reminder, honestly, because <laughs> uh, I miss I missed all those sc- those scenes that happened <laughs> off screen. That like beautiful <laughs> friendship that blossomed between them. Well, they, they did. That's a good a point. Few, they did have a few scenes together. They did. They they like dug into uh, what was going on with uh with Leviathan and what was the uh, Obsidian North. Obsidian North. Yeah. North, yeah. Very specifically, yeah, Obsidian Alex North. Yeah. yeah. Super <laughs> Alex episode. That's when they worked together and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they became friends. Um, I thought it was uh, just funny that Alex though was kind of, you know, like she had said in her proposal, she she was trying to make it the perfect proposal, and uh, you know, they they started their relationship out and hey hi I'm James's sister and he's in the hospital and you know all this stuff going on. I thought that was some great dialogue on how she talked about how they always had a lot of things going on. Um, when she mentioned about uh, when the crisis uh, thing st- uh, st- uh, happened and they were about to die and that they they were together when that happened, I was like, wow, I wouldn't mind seeing that scene actually during crisis. <laughs> like before they went off. But, you know, once again. No time. No time. No time. <laughs> I, I did like that mention of crisis because that did make their connection seem much more you know, a bigger scale, more grand, more epic that, you know, their, their love survived the end of the universe. <laughs> speaking, is... speaking of crisis, I have a, I have a nice hand wave for the writers on the, uh, the Hans Gruber scene. So okay. Lindsay in the chat says, I noticed the inconsistency with the movie villain, villain scene, but was the original scene pre or post crisis? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I, I love that crisis has been able to uh, to be a way for them to hand wave any inconsistency. Oh my god, crisis changed everything. Now they were in the same room. <laughs> Post crisis, Alex said it too. So exactly. we're just we're just gonna go with that, right? Po- yeah, post they, pre that, and post crisis. Yeah, that crisis thing. They just you know, oh, we got the crisis, and now we're post crisis. So. We can change everything. Everything's just a little bit different, almost as if we forgot the original, (laughs) (laughs) but it was on purpose. On purpose, (laughs) definitely on purpose. Uh, Yeah. So, um, what what do you uh, what do you think about the uh, the Esme thing of it all? Because uh, I guess we'll we'll get into it a little bit with the the love totems and all of that. But uh, it seems like Esme now has some sort of. Uh, I don't know if it, you would call it a tattoo. On I was going to say a tattoo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, what, what do you what do you think about that? Esme somehow becoming the love totem. Well, if you think about it, Alex uh, pretty much said it in her speech when she first got up. She said, "You know, why would it, out of all the pockets in all of the world, end up in my in my pocket?" Which pretty, uh, you know, which pretty much means that the love totem goes, I guess, to a certain relationship or family that's really thrives on their, on their love and stuff. And uh, if anything, the space family always, you know, Kara, John, John Jones and uh, Alex, they're, you know, their love for each other and stuff has been one of the main staples of the show. And Esme is part of that family now. And now Kelly also. And uh, it's kind of weird that it went on Esme though, because, you know, it's like, how come it can go into a living person? I, I don't I don't quite get that one. And how are they going to get it out of her? Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, is that's... it going to go out? Is it staying in her? Is she going oh, to hello. That to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see a little friend. Also yeah, concerned about Esme. Definitely. Yep, oh. definitely. 
Like oh, a dog. <laughs> who who yeah, is your who is your furry children. friend? Lulu. Lulu. Oh my God. Lulu. Yep. Lulu That's is adorable. Thank you. Yeah, I actually got I actually got two more, but they're sleeping, so we won't see them. <laughs> Don't wake them up. Don't wake them up. <laughs> Yep. That's fun. Yeah, that's a good but, question about Esme, though, about the because we we have found out that the totems can be destroyed and uh, reconstituted. I think was the word that they use. So yeah, I, I don't back. know what that means for Esme. <laughs> I hope she How doesn't have to be destroyed. I don't know, or maybe she just she's the love totem for life now. She is. <laughs> she's just forever the love totem. I guess. My question though is. So do you say that word to her and she gives you a, 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 a task to perform? Oh. To prove your love? That's a good what question. Happens, do you have to go... Name? Does name Esme give name. you the gauntlet? Is that... Is there, <laughs> is there a gauntlet with the love totem? Is, right? it like, is it like like when somebody wants to do the gauntlet, like Esme comes up and she's like, hello, the, the gauntlet today is... Like, she's like, you have failed the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> like she be... just pops up every time that, like, you have to do the gauntlet. <laughs> it it well, would be the, think... the most adorable way to fail a, ga a gauntlet, I would It would right? be, yeah. But then, like we said, I mean, the totems, it's just left and right with these totems. I mean, first I thought only Kara was supposed to do all the tasks, but now John Jones was able to do a task and stuff. So, you know, <laughs> um, it's, I think, I don't know. It, it's kind of, that's why I said I stuck with the dancing scenes. I enjoyed the little Easter egg they had. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, do you want, do you want to talk about that? I'll, I'll pull it up sure. for you here. Uh, Twitter name by a, a dancing thinker put this up on their Twitter and apparently it's A and K forever. So my question is, so did uh, Alex and Kelly go over there and put that fake totem in there and Alex was <laughs> like, hey, let's put our initials on here. Or had they gone there before, seen as they were parked in Lover's Lane and, you know, <laughs> visited that place beforehand. So, you know, but that Dance and thinker on the on the uh, Twitter world found that one. I had to go back and look at, it and I thought that's that's pretty cool. That's a nice Easter egg they put out there. That's so cute. That's a really good right? question. That's a really good question because uh, I think before all of that stuff happened, when Nixley showed up, when uh, they sort of trapped her, uh, Sentinel and Guardian were in their superhero stuff, and I just imagine them wearing their super suits going over there and carving something in a tree that that's actually kind of a funny <laughs> image to me. Um, so that, yeah, that's a good catch. I didn't notice that on uh, my, my two rewatch, my two watches of the episode. So great catch. Well, um, uh, Ermgard, before we let you go, do you have any uh, final thoughts, anything else that, that you wanted to share before we let you go? Well, uh, I think I got pretty much done, but uh, I had a little thought of, if, you know, seeing as Halloween is coming up, I can see Alex, dressing up as McLean, Kelly dressing up as his wife, Molly, and little Esme be Hans Gruber and them going uh, uh, trick-or-treating with her. <laughs> I, I thought that would be quite cute. But uh, no, nah, I like the episode. It was really great. They did a good job. Um, I'm looking forward to the, sadly, the last three episodes. I pre We pretty much know what's going to happen. Well, sort of know what's going to happen in the next three, sort of say. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And no spoilers. I they, no, I, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think they overall for the sixth season, 
Alec is my favorite character. And, uh, you know, I'm a Sam Rush fan too, but, you know, you, that stuff went to the sideways. But I think they really did a great job of the dancing relationship because they let them become friends first. They went through different things with each other. And I think it blossomed to a very beautiful relationship on TV. And I think some more people should give it more kudos for being a healthy queer relationship on TV. Yeah, it has it has sort of taken its time uh, over the course of uh, the last, I guess, three seasons. Uh, it's sort of developed. They've they've done a, a decent job of you know getting that story to to come to fruition, and uh, so it has been something that I think has been at least you know I, I I've been uh, starving for payoffs in this season, but I think <laughs> but I think the Alex and Kelly thing is a payoff that has actually been something of a reward for um, oh, I, viewers. Yeah. I wanted to say one more thing. I'm sorry, I forgot about one thing. No, go for uh, it. Uh, when uh, uh, they were all, you know, she said yes, and then Carl comes over and they all hug and stuff. And I, I, I had to think about it a little bit. And then I thought back to season one, the final, when uh, before Carl goes up to push uh, Fort Ross into space, she tells Alex over the, over the intercom, I want you to go out and find your, your love and be happy and all that, those things, because I think she always felt kind of guilty that Alex had to take care of her when she came into the family. And I thought, you know what, this right here, getting to witness her sister finding her happiness with her, with a child and with the person she loves, uh, it made me think she finally got her payoff on that. And I was wondering, so now that she got the ha the final happy ending for her sister, does this mean she's going to go out now and find her own happy ending? Is that what we're going to get in the ending of the show or not? That's a good, that's a really great question. That's a good uh, uh, throwback to that season one finale. Like you mentioned, it. I can, I can visually see it uh, with Alex in that room with the circle table. Oh, I think it was Alex in that table, in that so. black room. One of them was in that black room. And yeah, kind of on Alex the intercom. was at the DO uh, talking to her on the headset. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a great, uh, revisiting to that scene. And so I, I think that would be a, a great payoff for Kara's character that, uh, she does, uh, get to see her sister happy and, uh, she doesn't feel, you know, as burdened down. I, I'd like to think that Kara feels a little bit of a relief that she, uh, you know, doesn't have that guilt anymore. So that's a great, great thought. So thank you for sharing that. Well, uh, we, no problem. We uh, enjoyed uh, bringing you on. Thank you for being with us. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe have you on again another time. But hopefully you'll enjoy the rest of the season and the rest of the Alex and Kelly stuff that's coming because I'm sure there is uh, more to come now that they are engaged. That usually on television means there will be a wedding. We're going to get a wedding. <laughs> so wow. so uh, focus, focus on that and then enjoy the rest of the season. Hey, thank you. And thank you for a great podcast every week. Appreciate you too. Well, uh, we enjoyed oh, doing it. So thanks for writing in and uh, and uh, supporting the Supergirl Radio. So we appreciate it. All right. Well, we are going to kick you out, Armguard, and we are going to uh, carry on because I think we do need to figure out what's happening with the totems a anything? on the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anything so, else besides the dance and proposal? So, uh, that's the only thing I was clear on. I was like, okay, Alex and Kelly got engaged. It's so cute. Esme is cute and adorable. Um, that was all I was clear on in this episode. Uh, everything else was kind of a blur. The, <laughs> the love totem looked like a decorative soap. Um, <laughs> when I complain about like 
the show like the show is just given up like it's stuff like this that i mean it's like they could think of like a cool prop for it but like somebody just brought in a bath bomb so why don't we just use that like <laughs> really that's it that is the love totem you're joking me i thought it was bad early in the episode when they were making like the fake love totem and it was like a little locket shaped in a heart and i was like that's a bit on the nose isn't it lena come on we <laughs> lena we can do better than that girl and then it turns out that was the best that they could do it was do. the better version yeah <laughs> it was better than the, what the love totem actually was and i was like you know what lena i'm sorry girl i'm sorry i da- <laughs> i doubt it you i shouldn't have <laughs> Uh, it says, uh, our Ermgard says, uh, the totem was made out of quartz stone, according to the prop master. So, uh, that's good to know. I guess it wasn't, uh, like, a, a you know, a bath bomb, but it sort of looked like it. Uh, I'm, I'm, it, it definitely I'm looked like a, look. or like a, like, um, one of those things like the paperweight. It looked like a, it could have been a paperweight. It was, uh, definitely like a tchotchke you'd buy at like a, like a museum store on your way out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, it's interesting to me that uh, we we don't watch the show at the same time. No, <laughs> y- you and I we we watch it in different places at different times, uh, and we both were very confused. And I just thought that was really interesting because I was hoping that maybe you would understand something that I didn't. But I had the same uh, exact reaction. I was like, the Kelly Alex stuff totally understood. Got it. I'm, got I'm it. There. Got it. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> but everything else was very confusing and I didn't understand what was happening. And I kind of on rewatch sort of understand it better. Um, but the totems thing is just mind boggling. So if you, if you just want to kind of go with me through my notes <laughs> sure, and I'll sure, just kind sure, of sure, describe sure. to you what the show tells us about the totems. Great. I would if- love that because uh, like legitimately, as we were watching last night, I kept, pausing it to yell at Mike about what was happening and how I didn't understand it. I'd be like, just so I understand, Mike, just so I understand. This is what's happening, right? This is what's happening. That's what you just heard. And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, great. (laughs) I love it. And I would turn the remote back on. Uh, I mean, the poor guy is just like, I don't want to watch Supergirl with you anymore. But uh, (laughs) there were like a couple of times where I was like, hold on, hold on, pause. So this, 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 and that, right? But does that make sense given this, 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 and this? And we would just stare at each other. And then we'd be like, we should just put the show back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's just take a real, a real, a real, you know, a uh, quick trip through my notes. Let's do this. To, yeah. uh, and and, and <laughs> I don't know if you want to see my notes. I don't know if that will help. Uh, maybe it will. <laughs> I'll take um, anything. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if I can pull up uh, my Google Doc notes, if that will uh, assist you in any way. <laughs> Um, so I have highlighted all of the uh, the things about the totems that I didn't quite understand. So if you want to go with me on this journey. Yes. Yeah. So, so, like so at one point, uh, <laughs> so Lena's going to use her magic to mimic energy of the totems that they already have. I was not aware that you could mimic a totem. No. I mean, why? Why haven't they been doing that all along? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, well, given that. Now I have extra questions. Yeah, now I have extra questions. Now I'm thinking too hard about this. It was already pretty shady. That the totems, the, ex- the established lore of the totems was already pretty shaky. It was already overly complicated and kind of contradictory. But now it's like, well, wait. But now, 
<laughs> you can you can like mimic the energy signal of the totem. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, even um Nixley asked the question, how could Lena Im- I- imitate a totem and fool my crystal ball? And I was like, yeah, I don't understand yeah. that either. That's something how I don't she? <laughs> I don't understand this. Lena right, was like, so- I'm like a real type A person. Uh like I don't accept bees in my life. So <laughs> I've uh when I decided I was a witch, I decided that I was going to be the best witch anyone's ever seen. <laughs> I'm gonna pull some, some witch stuff out that that you can't even imagine. <laughs> So they do try to mimic the totem. Um, and so then they they have a discussion about how they're going to use the totems. There's a big discussion about that. And and we're going to get to my big problem in the writing of this season because this is kind one of... one or... Well, I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest ones. Um, but okay, so let's go down this. So Jean's, uh, Jean, Jean suggests that the Super Friends use the totems as shields. Um, and then there's this whole talk, like this science momo jumbo. I don't know if Dr. Nicole Green can explain it, but <laughs> N- Nia says, try reversing the totem's energy signatures. That should create a baseline to repel the dream totem. And I was like, what? What? I don't understand any of that. That What? what I, I I guess that would do work. Do you think but that like, I don't when they're coming it. up with this expository dialogue, do you think that they uh-huh. just take a bunch of words and then they throw them together in like a, a, a way that almost sounds like human English, but is not quite there. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? Everybody's going to be too embarrassed to point out that this doesn't make any sense. Do you well, think that that's what happens on so, the show? <laughs> so that's a great question because I've also been thinking, <laughs> have they been writing this season using Mad Libs? That's, or like, or like those word magnets, like the fridge yeah. magnets and just, just kind of move, move the around. order around, just switch them around. And it see, looks like Lena is getting, Ooh, witch powers. <laughs> <laughs> so then they have uh, more discussion about it. And Jean says, we know the humanity totem doesn't require a test to activate it. Did, did we know that? I guess what? we kind of knew that. Uh, he I mean, said, I guess, I guess Nixley just kind of got all the human. But then also, okay. But why, why do the other totems yeah, because have something again, and then this one doesn't? See, again, because this is the thing. This is the problem, right? It's like the the plot is on a is made out of quicksand right and so like <laughs> as soon as you open up that hole i'm i'm down i'm down in the sand now the sand's over my head i don't know what's happening because why do all the other totems have gauntlets but this one's just like nah bro you good <laughs> what it doesn't it doesn't make never mind okay go on <laughs> so they go through all this thing jean activates the courage totem and goes through this uh situation with uh wanting to save his daughters on mars which is a pretty impactful scene but i was also like but he can't stop it so i i don't know i guess he just in that moment he needed to fight for them which i guess was the point um so but- what's the idea that like he got, I guess, in that moment in his history, he was scared or got overwhelmed and didn't fight as hard as he could have fought. But they were all going to die eventually anyway. Yeah, I guess that was the situation. I guess he always beat himself up because he he couldn't save his daughters and his family. So I guess that was part of his situation, which I'm glad that they sort of, you know, gave a little bit of closure to that whole thing. 
Um, and remembered that Jean, you know, has a, a very tragic backstory and uh, that his entire civilization uh, uh, was <laughs> yeah, destroyed. Just, That's just kind some, of a big deal stuff. for tough him. Stuff. And uh, I did like the way that they pulled it back around at the uh, towards the end when he was like it was, you know, seeing Kara suffer was like seeing his daughter suffer. And, you know, the, the way that Kara and Alex have kind of become his adopted daughters. I I, I like that. But the the totem stuff's tough. I don't I just don't know what's happening. Well, they could have played that a little better in my opinion cuz they could I mean, if it had been my episode, it's not. No one cares what I think. But if it was my episode and I was drafting the the story of it, I would have Kara and Alex be in danger somehow and Jean have to save the two of them and he sort of makes it up for his failure to save his daughters on Mars. That seems maybe like a no-brainer to me, but I mean, that seems like storytelling, and I, I'm not sure what I've been watching recently. <laughs> I don't know that I would describe it as that. Like, it's not narrative in the way that I understand narratives, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I would have done, because then you could really play it up. They they played, they did that a little bit with the car stuff, but not not very effectively. Um, but so they have this whole discussion about, well, let's let's use the totems as shields because they're too dangerous. They're too unpredictable. We don't know what they're going to do. So let's use them as a defensive mechanism. Sure, then sure. then <laughs> later on, they say, well, actually, the totems as weapons are much more effective because the shield thing didn't work. And so Supergirl sure, sure. <laughs> later decides, well, we should use them as weapons. And okay. so, <laughs> so they go back and go, go back and do that. And so I just... They go back and forth about, so in my notes, I'll just read yeah. my notes because everybody okay. can see it on the screen. <laughs> I don't know why the writing continues to do this. A character suggests something, they have a little talk, they suggest something, they put out a plan, then another character will come along and make the case for why that plan is a bad idea, and then they agree not to do it, and then they do it anyway. And it, this has happened multiple times in multiple episodes, and it happened again this week with the totem situation with the shield versus the weapon thing. <laughs> and I'm just getting really tired of it because it makes these characters look like they don't know what they're doing. And maybe you could make the case that they really don't with these totems. They don't know what they're doing. Um, but it's just, it's driving me bananas. Oh yeah. Cause it makes my brain feel hot. Like it's overheating and dying. It's like, <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> I don't understand because they just said, they just said it was a bad idea, but now they're doing it. They're doing the thing that's a bad idea. They just had a whole conversation about it. What was that conversation for? Like, it's almost as if the, like the show is like, well, what can we do? We're like in a corner and they have to use this for some reason. And, uh, you know, to, to do this thing. So they're going to have to do it. And it's like, they don't though. It's fictional. You're writing it. You're writing it. You can write yeah. it a different way. You yeah. can write it a completely different. It just it drives me crazy. So I'm glad you brought that up because I was also like, wait, didn't they just decide not to do that? Why are yeah. they doing it? It happened again this week. Um, <laughs> Leslie in the chat asks, what was that thing Supergirl put on the ground in Portugal? I think it was the prototype of the shield that Brainy created in order to use the uh, totem energy as a weapon. And that's the shield failed. It, it, it kind of worked for like two seconds and then it <laughs> failed. And so that's why Supergirl's like, no, we need to use them as weapons because they didn't work as a shield. <laughs> so now they're back to uh, we should uh, use the energy as a weapon. The thing about the totems, I think my big, big issue with it is that it's so convoluted 
that I can't follow it, which is not saying much. I can't follow a lot of things. I'm very tired recently, but like, I can't follow it. And we podcast about it every week, every week. This is, this is what we talk about. (laughs) So in theory, we're like encoding these episodes into like our long-term memory, right? Like (laughs) we should be more knowledgeable about it than the average person. Now I'm not always, that's not true of oh of me always but like if we can't follow this i feel like that's a big problem for the show like not only do we watch it every week we then talk about it every week like extensively and we're still i'm still struggling and, to follow and, what's going on with these totems and i make beautiful google doc notes that have highlighters <laughs> yes you take extensive notes i pause multiple times to yell at my husband about how it doesn't make sense <laughs> Why won't it make sense? Uh, Like, I just don't understand. Like, if we can't follow it, like, the person who's just kind of idly watching the show, what hope do they have? I feel bad for that person who's just like, I don't know. And then then they got the soap, but then they lost the soap. And I guess now the soap's the child. (laughs) Do do you think that's actually a more blissful way to watch the show? Yes. Like if I was just like, you know what? Plot doesn't matter. I'm just here. I'm just drag me along for the ride. I'm in this now. Uh, It's just they've made this thing with the totems so convoluted that like it doesn't need to be. It's like every they keep adding layers and layers of like. Brainy made this thing that could maybe uh, shield from the totem power, but then it couldn't shield from the totem power. So then they used the totems to try to shield, but then those didn't work as a shield. So then they used the totems as a weapon, but it turns out that the totems can't be destroyed. They can only like, I don't know. It's like, it's like energy, you know, it can be neither created nor destroyed. It can only become a little girl and it doesn't make any, it's like, it doesn't have to be like this. You could tell a straightforward story of like, getting the MacGuffins and putting them all together and like becoming a power ranger or whatever. It doesn't captain planet. It doesn't have to be (laughs) like, Oh, and then we're going to do this thing. And then we're going to do this other thing. And then this thing. And like, now we're going to throw something into the sun, but don't worry. It's not really gone. Yeah. uh, Nicole Nicole in the chat makes a good point. The thing that uh, uh, saying the thing that bothers me about the totems is not that there is uncertainty because it is new technology. It is the certainty with which they establish rules and then reestablish them. That is a great way to put that because yes, we, we started out trying to understand like, okay, there's this all stone thing that all the dream, I mean, all the totems, the dream totem, the truth totem, the courage totem, all the paragon totems, which they still haven't referenced the fact that it's very much like the paragons in crisis. I I keep waiting for them to say (laughs) something. Um, But we we understood, like, you have to have all of these totems in order to create the Allstone and and control the world. And that (laughs) seems simple enough. I was on board that. But now things keep changing. Uh, Just to quickly run through all these, like, totem notes I have. Uh, Jean says, if you use the humanity totem, Kara, you could use, you could lose your humanity. And Kara says, that's a risk I'm willing to take. But I never got the sense that Supergirl was actually losing her humanity. So I didn't understand that at all. Uh, Cause it never seemed like, like she was, you know, fighting it, I guess, with all the energy blast. There were a lot of energy blasts in this episode, but I never got the sense that like she was needing to be pulled back from the brink. Um, so that was very strange to me. 
Um, and then we get all of this stuff, and we'll talk about this Lex Nixley thing, because uh, this this was part of the confusion of the episode. Um, but uh, it, we find out that in the, in the future, Nixley actually got the Allstone, but she didn't do it the right way, and she died. I have a lot of questions about that. What was the right way? What was the wrong way? Uh, we know that the love totem seems to seek out love and be repelled by hate. Makes sense, I guess. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so, and we talked about the the totems being used as shields versus weapons. Then Kelly brings up a question that we had discussed uh, on one of our Supergirl Radio episodes. She asks, if the love totem is destroyed, does that mean all the love in the world is diminished? <laughs> we asked that about the hope totem. Was all the hope gone from the world? If they destroyed the dream totem, would people stop having dreams at night when they sleep? We don't know. And so <laughs> they have they it's, have Alex it like answer Alex, it, but it's like isn't Alex's answer just like no, nah, we cool girl and yeah. like kind of a wank? It was just like, wait, wait, is it just because like you guys have like a really great stable relationship, therefore we're all good? That's all we need it? Like should should that have not worked for the other totems like hope or courage or <laughs> Yeah, and I also, what's so special about these totems if they can just be remade all the time? Well, yeah, and it it also, the question I thought was a good one because at first when they established these totems, I thought that they were just like powerful thingamabobs that you, you, when you collect all the powerful thingamabobs and you put the Rubik's Cube together and you turn it a couple of times and then you're all powerful. And I understood that because I watched Legends of Tomorrow and they get one of those things like once a season. But then it was like, Okay, but if you use the powerful thingamabob, it's going to take everything from the whole world. And I was like, well, then the last episode, it was like a two block radius, but okay. All right. All right. But then it was like, I threw the hope totem into the sun and everybody's still pretty hopeful and just chilling out and no one's concerned about it. And so I was like, okay, so they don't have any repercussions at all. There's no stakes. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, the love totem is kind of destroyed, sort of. And so is that going to get rid of all the love in the world? And Alex is like, well, I I'm still feeling a lot of love right now. girl." Like, <laughs> finger guns, you know, finger guns to Kelly, a little wink, a little finger guns. And I was like, well, that's a, so there's okay. So, but then why did you bring up a couple of times that like when you were deciding which one to throw into the sun, um, <laughs> why did you were like, Oh, well we can't have people lose their humanity. If they were like, never going to hu- lose their humanity. If yeah. like throwing a thing into the sun had no I- impact on like the greater world, then why not just pick one at random? Yeah. Maybe even pick one that doesn't have like a symbolic tie to Supergirl. To the lead character of the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Maybe that would have been the better choice. But like it 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 makes you, qu- again, it makes you question things. It's like, well, then why did they spend time like deciding which one to throw into the sun if it didn't matter and there were going to be no repercussions if any of them got thrown into the sun? I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Uh, Laura in the chat says, uh, Kara was asking for protection from losing her, her humanity. So, uh, uh, so Lena's magic protected her. Yeah. I, I understand all of that. Like I, I understand what happened. I just don't understand why you would put that in to your point, Morgan, why would you have a character say like, I'm really worried about losing my humanity. And then it never, seems to be an issue like i don't yeah especially losing your humanity is like the superhero of the show that seems like it would be a bigger deal yeah and like i could i could see i could follow like by using these totems like the opposite thing happens to you right so if you use the humanity totem you you lose your humanity like that's the repercussion of using these totems and the power of the totems or something like some part of that totem 
then reflects back to you or out or something like that makes sense. But again, to your point, why establish like I'm scared that this thing is going to happen and then like it just doesn't happen in the story. Like what was I mean, it's great that Lena got to cast that spell. She's Finally, doing it. She's she doing got, better. She's so, doing it. She is yeah, she's doing she's it. Improving. She is doing it. She's embracing her witchiness. Alex can't hold her down. Alex can't <laughs> hold her down. Her hair is curly now and she's free. But, <laughs> I mean, if if it was like never even Supergirl was just like, oh no. And then like it got stronger and she was fine. Like at no point during that fight did she even momentarily, even momentarily lose her humanity. Like I could see if it was like for a couple of minutes she started like fighting like really, I don't know, like not Supergirl-esque, like brutal or something. And you're like, oh no, she's like starting to lose her humanity. Like this is the repercussion of using these totems and this is why they're dangerous. And then like Lena comes in with the assist. She's like, I got you, girl. And... (laughs) But that's that didn't a, that's a much all. more exciting scene. But that didn't happen at all. It was just, it was like a lot of, I think my problem with this season is like a lot of people talking about things that could be interesting that never happen. Yeah. Like, oh, here's a scenario that could totally happen. And you're like, oh, that could be juicy and dramatic. <laughs> that could be traumatizing even. And then, what, what a great story. Oh, no. Oh, they already fixed it. It never happened. Okay. Well, well it feels like, the- why'd you bring it up? <laughs> and at the end of the episode, Kara and Lena are talking at the party, and, and Kara's like, thanks for bringing me back from the, the edge. I, re- I was really worried about it. I was like, why? You had no, there was no problem. You had no issue. You know what, what it feels like? About? Have you ever have you ever had, like, a friend or, like, an acquaintance, like, come in and be like, oh, I had the worst day. And you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. What happened? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and you're like, really? Really, girl? Because you really explicitly mentioned it and <laughs> now you like just you want to say don't want to talk about it okay well you have all the attention don't worry but it's like that it's like this show keeps like faking you out it's like here i got something i want to talk to you about and you're like yes yes i can't wait and they're like <laughs> nah <laughs> why bring it up <laughs> it's a little infuriating uh claudia says in the chat the introduction of the concept that totems uh, reconstitute themselves if they are destroyed makes total sense since love destiny dreams are eternal which i think is a it's it it does make sense to me the the problem is that they made this big deal of destroying one of the totems and made me the maddest I've ever been at the show. And I, <laughs> and I wish that that would have meant something. It it means absolutely nothing for Supergirl to have done that now. If, if you're going to destroy, have Supergirl destroyed Hope on the Supergirl TV series, at least make it count. At least make it mean something. And now be like a like a dramatic sacrifice that she's making that like has repercussions in the next episode. In the next episode, they just skip to Nixley going after the dream totem in which remember we were talking like why is she still going after these if she can't put them all together and get the all all stone or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, the all stone. Then why bother? Like it just there were no literally no repercussions. And then Lex just shows up and he has it somehow. And uh, that I I just it's I don't I don't know what really to <laughs> say about it. Uh, I guess we could continue on with my notes because this is the only way I really know how to talk about <laughs> these totems. Um, so Lex does say the thing about these totems is you can destroy the shell, but the essence flows into something new. Uh, so somehow Lex has gotten a control of the totem. 
Uh, and so those that those are kind of the things that I tried to st- I tried <laughs> to stay um, on top of to really understand what was happening with these totems because I just I'm starting to lose. There are no rules because when they set rules, they break them. And to Nicole's yeah. point, they bring new rules in, and it's very difficult to keep up with. Yeah, it's um, that's my my big problem is that the writing is like as as if something was happening that they like they couldn't control. Like, oh no, now we got to bring this other totem back. It's like, well, you could have just set clear rules for the totems to begin with. It it is a fictional world. Like these are all choices that you're making. It's not like, well, she threw the hope totem into the sun, but like, I don't know. Then it came back. It's like, but then why did she throw it into the, why did you just make her throw it into the sun? It doesn't make, what are the stakes of this story? What are the consequences of people's actions? There aren't any, like the problem with the, the totem thing is just, that the rules aren't clear and that they're so Byzantine that I can't follow them. And they change from episode to episode. I know that we, we joked a couple episodes that like, it doesn't even feel like it's the same show from scene to scene anymore. Like the, the rules aren't even consistent from scene to scene. And it, it truly feels that way to me. I'm like, it's, it's not even from episode to episode. It's like within scene sometimes I'm like, wait, I'm sorry. You just established, two minutes ago, a completely different thing. Yeah. And it's so hard to follow and it doesn't need to be like, they could have just straightened this story out and told a straightforward story. And then just like focused on characters and world building instead of spending so much time on doodad exposition that no one really cares about. And no one's going to care about like imagine trying to explain to somebody who like hasn't watched in a while, or is just like popping in for an episode, like what's happening. It's, impossible (laughs) (laughs) i i i maybe that's a game we should try to play (laughs) yes is that maybe uh maybe we should have not 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 like a like a drunk sarah episode but like (laughs) if someone if either someone else watched some of these episodes and tried to explain it to us or we tried to explain it to someone who had not seen it it's like that that would be a that would be a challenge i think so uh, I have a couple more of those that that confused me, and maybe it's just because I didn't understand something. So I'm hoping no, let's let's get into it. Explain it. Um, so Brainy says that he hasn't talked to his friends in the Legion because they're beefing or whatever, uh, because he doesn't want to learn sc- more. He doesn't want to screw up the space time continuum. He doesn't want to screw up the space time continuum, and it sounded like he was saying he didn't want to learn what happens in the future. Is that correct? I checked out after he's the, from the future is I, the thing. So I, I, I also had a major gripe about this issue because mm-hmm. I checked out after he mentioned the space time continuum. Cause I was like, do y'all not remember the first half of season six where you hopped in the Legion cruiser and you time traveled back to Kara's high mm-hmm. school years mm-hmm. and you joined the baseball team at the high school. Do you remember that? He's like, we can't interfere. With what's going on, we we can't we can't. That's gonna screw everything up. And I was like, "But you joined the baseball <laughs> and you so, got invited. You got invited to join the Glee Club. You screwed with time. <laughs> Why yes. is that okay? 
It shouldn't be, I don't it, think. It, they didn't even need to do with that. That was the thing, because they could have just gone seconds before Lex sent Kara into Supergirl into the Phantom Zone. It was like but they decided like... to go back to her <laughs> high school year. He was like, I can't, like, uh, the, the, the thing about Lex before is that he told me a thing about the future. And so I believed him, and I don't want to get roped into that again. So I can't know about the future. And I just, I whispered at the TV, you're from the future. <laughs> like, like, like he's from the future. Did, His right? entire presence on the show <laughs> is screwing with the space-time continuum. The I fact that he's in the present cha- changes the space-time continuum. I just don't, don't understand, if I'm being honest what's happening well and that was another example of the 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 what they're with the weird decision making process of the characters in the show because at the beginning nia's like hey brainy maybe you should just call your your buddies in the legion of superheroes and brainy's like uh, I, don't, I really don't think we should do that it's gonna mess with the space-time continu- continuum even though i've time traveled uh <laughs> quite a bit already on the show and, and i myself am from the future i myself am a person who is from the future and has my my mere presence on on the show in the present <laughs> time is screwing with everything but we we really shouldn't do that and then by the end of the episode nia's like hey you remember what we talked about i think you should call your people and bernie's like yeah okay i guess <laughs> but, like that was another example of that where they were like maybe we should do this and they were like no we should definitely not do this and by the end of the episode they were like you know what i guess we should do that thing like i i understand where they were trying to go with it it's like oh yeah he's got like a lot of trauma from what happened with him and lex last season and like getting uh getting duped basically by lex and he doesn't want to go down that path again but they what the way that they set it up is kind of like there's a pretty reasonable reason why he shouldn't do it, which is the space time continuum. What does the space time continuum? Is it just like a not a big deal now that he's gotten through? He's worked through kind of the issues he had with Lex last season, and now he's like ready to call up his pals. Now the space time continuum's not a concern. Nia met with her <laughs> dead mother. Like I don't, I don't understand why, why the what. Why do they have issues with this stuff? Like she should not have been able to communicate to her dead mother. I know that's not <laughs> technically time travel, but it feels like maybe that could be part of a time tra- travel discussion. But these characters, they mess with stuff all the time, and then they're like, "No, we shouldn't do it." Wait, that really? Yeah, it's it's like the, uh, a couple of, of episodes line. ago when I uh, like had a meltdown when Carr was like, "I can't get involved in human affairs," and I was like. <laughs> Have you been watching the previous five seasons of your own <laughs> television show? Can't interfere with human history. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I can't get in there. Uh, I would love to. I'd love to. Love to. But I got a coffee date. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> Lena's going to teach me how to make a spell. So bye-bye. <laughs> like, it's just, it's more like that. It's like they set up things that they that they disregard all the time. And it's like, you could just not set that up if that's where you want the story to go you could just be quiet in the earlier scene (laughs) she could have been like why haven't you called the legion he's like yeah i'm still kind of traumatized by that lex stuff and she's like okay and then at the end of the the episode he's like you know what i worked out that lex stuff lex is not that lex isn't the boss of me uh i'm gonna go ride a horse later he can't stop me and i'm gonna call my friends at the legion you'd be like 
great. What a great character progression that was. Yeah, he he has a problem, then he experiences something, and then he comes to a conclusion at the end. That would make sense. But that's not what they're doing, though. They're having the problem, then they're making a decision, then they're experiencing something, then they reverse the decision. And it's so... It's so aggravating to me. And Leslie brings up a good question related to the time travel. How did Lex get to the future anyway? That's a great great question. I thought that that had been established previously and I had forgotten about it. Had it not? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because my other question is about about Lex. So in the ones... In the early so, yeah, scenes. Let, let's let's get into the next and the the next the Lex and Nixley of it all. Let's let's get into it. What, what's your question? So this is a real this is a real specific one, and maybe I'm wrong. But in the early scene when he pops back up and he's talking to Otis, Otis is like, "People haven't even really noticed you're gone. Like I've been like covering for you on the board, and no one knows that you're gone yet." And he's like, "Sweet." And then in a later scene with the super friends, they're like, "Well, like." Everyone knows that Lex has been gone for a while. Was it just like they were saying that they knew that Lex had been gone for a while? Or was he talking about the Luther Corp board? Because he says something about, oh, your mother made me the, the, you know, put me on the board. Yeah, I think so. And it made me me wish Lillian was on the show. (laughs) I I wish that every day. (laughs) I just had a confusion about, like, whether or not Lex has been missing from, like everybody's known that Lex is missing or just like the super friends know that Lex is missing? Is it like common knowledge that Lex is missing that he hasn't been in play for a while or people are just like, he's on vacation? Maybe he just meant the Luther Court board. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's a I had a lot question, of questions. Though. Like just besides the bigger questions of how Lex got to the future in the first place, how long has he been there? Yeah, we don't. I don't think we know how he got Where to the, in the future. Did he go to? <laughs> I don't think we know any of that. But he does tell Nixley that uh, your own future consciousness. OK, use the dream totem uh, to manifest him in the present time. So I guess that's an explanation. Mm. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Mm. I still think we should have had Hope the AI, but okay, I will take so, that. So, is the premise behind this story? Let's, let's just let's just <laughs> let's, work, let's just, break it down. Let's, let's just break it, break it down. Work through it. Sure, so, sure. <laughs> so Nixley, at some point in in the future, from from our present day, so we're in the present. Everybody's looking for the totems, trying to get the totems to get the, the Allstone. At some point, Nixley gets the Allstone. Yeah. She gets her revenge. She gets and it the wrong way, though. She doesn't Don't get it the that. right way. She, she dies. <laughs> Lex, at some point, falls in love with Nixley, and she's the love of his life. And so he goes into the future, or to the past? I don't know. But he goes back to try to fix it so that Nixley doesn't die this time? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're getting? Yes. It's like um it's kind of like a terminator situation. And so then at some point her future consciousness like said, "Hey Lex, I need your help." Uh, it, it feels and like that's at, why at some he's point he made a ar- did he make a around? robot with her consciousness in it and he was like, "I'm going to give this tiny AI Nixley to pass Nixley." And then something. 
I guess I can kind I of used to maybe, think I was smart, Rebecca. I'm, I'm not smart at all. But I am coming to that knowledge. I'm, I'm looking at my deficiencies in the face because of this television show that I don't think is that complicated that I cannot follow. So I guess I can just understand that Lex is t- trying to, he's come back to this present time somehow to prevent Nixley from dying and yes. so that they'll have the all stone together and Got that. L- live there <laughs> happily ever mm-hmm, after, mm-hmm. I guess. If I don't think about the the why of how he's returned and what he's done since then, if I try to just not look at that, I guess I can kind of go with the plot because he's he's just now um, trying to develop a, a relationship with Nixley so that it can get back to where they were. I... I guess I'm uh, I, uh, a little um, surprised by this episode because we did know uh, there was a, an article that came out several weeks ago. Why they spoiled this whole thing is something I, I don't really understand uh, because I guess they thought it was a selling point to getting people to watch the show. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> what we really want is Lex Luthor to have a love interest. That's and to like have a get. happy ending and, mm-hmm. by the end of the show. I'm just it, hoping for the best for those two crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> but so so they talk about this like it's a big thing and they bring it up and they say, oh, Lex, is, Lex and Nixley are going to be a thing. And when I read that, and normally I don't look at spoilers, but by the end of this you know, last season, I'm like, whatever, I'll just, whatever, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> so I look at this article, and when I read it, I initially thought, well, oh, it's probably going to be during the episode with the love totem, and they're going to be, like, affected by the love totem. That would make sense. It would be, like, kind of a temporary thing. It would just be, like, a thing that the totem energy was taking over them. But no, yeah. this is, like, an actual, like, this has nothing to do with the totem energy. This is just... Lex thinks that she's a great match for him. And I am still I, I kind love- of scratching my head at this <laughs> choice. I'm glad that they had time to like give Lex like a like a love interest and like maybe a redemption arc at the end of this show and <laughs> And uh, Supergirl's been doing great, though. Don't worry. Kara's been doing great. She, so great. She's been doing things. So great. So, great. so many. So many things. So much going on. Don't she worry. Has, don't she, worry she, uh, Supergirl has too much you story. Don't, you don't want to worry about her. Don't worry about her. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, I, it went a different way than I had expected it to as well. I was like, oh, okay. So it's the future. And then he's back in the past. She doesn't remember him because she hasn't met him yet. They fell in love in the future. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it could be worse, I guess. I mean, I think it's already worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It is worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, John Cryer can kind of almost sell it. He's trying to sell it. He's really He's trying, trying to, sell to sell it. it. There are there were some moments where I was like, on a on a different season, <laughs> I think I might have liked this. Uh, because like that, that moment where like she, she leaves and he kind of whispers to himself, like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of mumbles. Oh, I love you. Uh, that was like, okay. I could have, I could have loved that. Like, I think now it's like, we're three episodes from the, from the end of the show. Right. And it just feels like, um, like that too many cooks thing 
Uh, if you've ever seen it on, like, I think it was on, like, Comedy Central or something. Oh, that it's little like, uh, short, short-lived. Short uh, Like, insane, yeah. like, 12-minute, 12, 12 Yeah, it's like, like credits skit. of a sitcom, yeah. It's like, but it's like that, where, like, they just keep, it's too many things. It's too many cooks. And they're, they just keep throwing things in. It's like, you know, halfway to the, uh, to the finale. And now, finally, Kelly is Guardian. We're not going to really get to see her do anything street level or, uh, you know, she's just going to show up in the in the group scenes in her costume now. That's cool because there's really no not time for anything else. Um, and then, OK, now close to the finale, Lena, our scientist, she's a witch. Just go with it. Just go with it. She's a witch. Her mom was a witch. Everyone's a witch. Great. <laughs> uh, it's just like they keep throwing these random things in that they don't have the real estate to really develop in any way because we're close to the final episode of the entire show and they just keep on throwing in like new random elements. So now it's like, Oh, Lex Luthor's in love with Nixley and they were in love in the future. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess if we had like a little bit more time to, to explore that, maybe that could be kind of fun. But right now I don't, I think it's just like another element that they're throwing in. It's just like a little extra flavor. And like, I don't feel like it needs, it's got too much flavor right now. You could be pulling back the flavor. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause I was thinking that today, cause I like a good evil power couple. I love, Me too. <laughs> I, I love like two people who are just like evil and causing chaos. I'd be into it. I think the reason that I'm not like cheering this on at this point is cause we've had so much Lex the end so of season four Lex. was all about Lex. The end of season five was all about Lex. And now it's happening again. Mm -hmm. And I think if this had just been like, you know, not ha as heavy with the Lex stuff, I think I could have maybe been into it. Did I tell you about, I know I've told you about, um, so I'm bringing all my children into this conversation. Of course. Gotta but do it. Uh, but uh, I know I've told you, and I think we may have talked about it on the podcast before about the uh the wedding where Greenlee is on a motorcycle she yes, rides it off it. a cliff in her <laughs> wedding dress well i don't know if i told you the like the continuation of that story no so, but must so just just really quickly i'm gonna just give everybody spoilers for all my children from like <laughs> cir circa like i don't know 2009 something like that so after Greenlee drives her motorcycle off the cliff everyone thinks she's dead Greenlee's died but uh dr david harewood uh takes I think her her dead body or something. He does something to where like everyone thinks she's dead, but mm -hmm. he revives her somehow. I don't know if he does it through like ashes or her DNA, something weird, some sure. soap soap opera science mumbo jumbo. I don't know. I love it. Anyway, so when Greenling comes back to life, which is like the greatest thing because Greenling was so fun, and so it was like yay, Greenling's alive. Greenling and Doctor David Harewood became this evil power couple. Because, like, <laughs> like, he had revived her and brought her back to life. And they were just mean to everybody in Pine Valley. And it was the best. I wish it had lasted forever and ever and ever. So I say all of that to say I could be into, like, Lex Luthor and Nixley causing chaos and running amok, you know, with these totems. I could be into that. But I just i am not feeling it at this point. Because, because it's so much of it happened off screen. Like, there's a time jump. There's time travel. And then we're just told all of this stuff happened and we never actually got to see it happen. And so I think there's a disconnect for me. I got to see Greenlee drive her motorcycle off the cliff and die. <laughs> I got to see all of that stuff happen. So I think there's a disconnect for me in that I'm not connected to it. Uh, yeah. I guess, which is why I use the word disconnect, but I'm not connected to it. So I have a harder time being interested in it. 
Yeah, I agree. It just feels like a little bit too little too late if they wanted to do a storyline like that. I also love a good evil power couple. I'm a, a like big fan if like they're they're both evil together. They love doing evil. They love each other. It's awesome. Good for them. Good for them. It's so hard to find someone out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, we've got three episodes left and I don't think that's enough time to like really develop a like a relationship on this show, make us care about it or get involved, especially if it happened off screen in the future. <laughs> like I don't, John Cryer is like almost sold me on it a couple of times in this episode. That's how good he is. But like, they're really resting on their laurels. on like, don't worry. Don't worry if it makes sense. John Cryer will sell it. And they've been doing that to a lot of the actors on the <laughs> show for many years, but it's, it's, it's tough. It's like, they're, they're trying their best, but it's, it's a weird it's a weird way that they set this one up. I don't really understand why it was necessary this okay. close to the end. I'm going to make a pitch. And this is, totally, this is totally not going to happen <laughs> on the show. But on soap operas, since I mentioned all my children, a soap opera trope is that anytime somebody gets married, mm -hmm. something big happens. So, you know, Sean, you know, Sean D is going to run, drive his, it, it also almost always involves motorcycles. <laughs> he drives a motorcycle through the All stained right. glass window of the church on days of our lives. Greenlee drives a motorcycle off a cliff in a <laughs> wedding dress. Uh, I, on the young, the restless, there was a great wedding where Nick and Sharon were going to get remarried and Phyllis showed up. She'd just woken up from a coma <gasps> and she came and it was, it was so Twist. good. <laughs> and she like busted the doors down, broke up the wedding. So I say all that to say, if it was me and I was like, I'm going to turn this into just full soap opera, something would happen during Alex and Kelly's wedding. Like, well, some, something would bust that open because they did mention uh, motorcycles. I was going to say, we already have. We have like a uh, Chekhov's motorcycle because, <laughs> <laughs> because Nia mentioned getting Alex and Kelly matching motorcycles to which I had to be like. Where are they getting their money from? Honestly, it's, honestly, uh, it's uh, on a journalist salary. Jean's not, pirate money. <laughs> on a journalist salary, you're gonna be you're gonna be lucky if that motorcycle is Fisher Price. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's happening for them. But it would be great if like Alex and Kelly maybe they come into their wedding on like matching motorcycles, but then suddenly something happens and they both have to like make like evil Knievel kind of like jumps through like rings of fire or something. We can make it happen. Anything I, the, the totems could do anything we yeah. want them to do. So I think that would be a you know I, I could I could be into that. I, I like it. I think it's great. <laughs> great. <laughs> what this show really needs to do is really take some writing tips from soap operas is what I think yeah. really needs to happen. I don't think a, a, like enough long lost relatives have come into play. With Nasty evil Luther, twins. She's still out there somewhere. Katie, <laughs> McGraw, Katie McGraw in a different kind of wig. We already know. We've learned magic. <laughs> still making magic. I mean, there's if there's enough time to make her a witch and to make Lex and Nixley into a power couple, regardless of what, say, the viewers want to watch, <laughs> then I think there's enough time to slap another uh, wig on Katie McGraw and give us Nasty Luther. You can get the long-lost uh, relative trope and the evil twin trope all exactly. in one fell swoop. Boom. Done. Boom. Also, also, she's a witch, too. Oh, witch off. <laughs> <laughs> which which is which 
the end of this show has just really improved. I think what? since we're just what throwing if? out ideas. What if? Okay. Oh, I'm, let's go. I'm, I'm pitching it. I've got like a whole concept, right? Okay. What? Let's do okay. Nasty Luther comes, but we don't, we like, she, she doesn't introduce herself. She just takes Lena's place. Ooh, yeah. And then <laughs> she's like got the crimped hair and they're like, yeah, Lena has been doing that with her hair recently. Makes total sense. Uh, but she just starts doing like diabolical things. And then like Kara like listens to her heart or something. And it was like, that's not the way Lena's heart beats. <laughs> because <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then she goes and she saves Lena or something. Like all this happens dramatically at the wedding somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's great. I'm, like I think I'm, I think Nasty Luther is like trying to sabotage the wedding just because uh, why can, not? Can, can Nasty bust open the doors? Yes. Like Phyllis and the Young and the Restless. <laughs> Seriously, y'all go to YouTube and look at Phyllis busting up Nick and <laughs> She's and just it's opens the, the doors. It's the greatest thing. Uh so yeah, I think uh I think you could introduce I mean I've if, as long as we're like bringing Lex back out of nowhere for no sure. reason, why not? Why not introduce Nasty Luther three episodes before then? I think, <laughs> I, I, think, think you do this. I think all bets are off if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just lean into the wackiness. But I, I have I have a feeling like if it was just me, I would I would have something crazy happen at the wedding. <laughs> not not to bust it up and they would still have the wedding. They still, still have the it wedding. would still go through. Of course. Of but, course. you know, I mean. A, but some a drama beforehand. That's what you need. You need a yeah. little drama beforehand. I mean, usually people play up the like the cold feet aspect or whatever. But <laughs> you could have like a fifth dimensional imp show up. I think that does the same. I like thing. it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I also noticed that um, that while we're talking about about Lena that she um I think she was kind almost she almost adhered to my uh which Lena is which um mm. theory yeah where she had her hair up in a sensible bun while she was doing science but then most of the time when sometimes when she was doing magic it was down but mm, then at one point the bun was up and she was doing magic and I was like you cannot you cannot combine both worlds, Lena. <laughs> you can't have it all. What are you doing? <laughs> See, it goes back to that. They they set up rules. And then they didn't <laughs> adhere to them. That was part of the, the hair rule. I So I know that we don't usually talk about shippy stuff here on Super mm. Radio. That's yeah, not uh -huh. usually what we do. No, that it's not, not our bag. We do. I actually However, try to stay away from it with a passion. Me me too. Me too. However, I have to say, I understand like a lot of people see the lean and car thing as romantic. And sometimes like, and I, I see it often, but not always. But in this one, I was like, yeah, yeah. If they're trying to like not make them seem like a thing, they could be trying harder because like they, <laughs> they have like a whole conversation where Lena's like, I'll don't worry. I'll, I'll save your humanity. And, and Kara's like, okay, I believe in you. And then like, she like literally saves her humanity. And then at the end, when they're having like the, the party, like Lena comes out and Kara's like holding two like uh, champagne glasses and she hands one to Lena and she's like, you saved me today. Like you always do. And I was like, what's, what's happening on the show? Because I don't think that they're actually planning to go in this direction is the thing, but they really are like, I don't know. I don't know what they are doing. It's like, okay, if you're not going to go in that direction, you should probably stop making me go like, are they? Like, 
yeah, I I I hate talking about shippy stuff. The only yeah, reason exactly. I talk and about I don't, the Kelly don't... Alex stuff is because they are getting married. They are but, an established couple, and I don't bring it up that often because every but now I and then, will, yeah, I will agree with you though. That and, ending scene with the champagne glasses right? was. I, I was like, because for a couple of episodes, though, I've been like, what mm-hmm. are they? What are they doing? Because, because the show seems to refuse to have Kara and Alex in a scene together for some reason. And they're not they're not having them like recap the day in the in the denouement of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not having they're not having Kara and because that used to be what happened. Kara and Alex would mm-hmm. like recap the day together. And now it's for several episodes, it's been Kara and Lena doing that. Which yes. is fine. Whatever. It's just fine. But yeah. but it's becoming <laughs> weird to me now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you could mix that up. Like maybe have one episode where it makes sense that Lena and Kara are are in the denouement together. Yeah. And then another episode could be Car and Jean having that conversation or Car and Alex. Like that would make more sense to me that they would spread that out. But they have been very dedicated to this Car Lena thing at the end of episodes. And it is starting to get a little weird to me. And I don't normally try to like, because I like the idea of them just like being best friends. Because I, yeah, yeah, to me, like we've talked about this at nausea. Of course, of course. Like I think that's way more interesting. But it is, they could try harder. Is what, yeah, right, yeah, right. I, like, I would agree with that's, you because I, I truly don't think that's the direction the show is ready or prepared to go in. It just doesn't seem from like reading stuff from like the creatives. It doesn't feel like I know they have a lot of fans that they seem to ignore. They're like, oh no, oh no, 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 they're just friends, they're just friends. But then they they then they set up these scenes where I'm like, okay, but they seem a little coupley is the thing. It just seems like you're setting them up in a kind of couple. You got it. It's like it's like how they're writing everything, right? It's like one thing they'll be like, we can't do this. Whatever we do, we can't do this. And then somebody will be or here's the idea. And somebody will be like, no, we can't ever do that. And then the next scene they'll do it, right? And like they're taking that approach to like writing their relationship in whatever form you see it in. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, what am I supposed to be taking out of this? Like, I know what like a lot of Twitter is taking out of this, but like, is that what I'm also supposed to be? I see it, but is that what I'm supposed to be seeing? Is that what you intend for me to see? I just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's a fair observation. And I and I don't want the next thing I say to come out, out as taken out of context for the internet. <laughs> but if that did was the case and they're trying to play that up, it almost makes me and I, I guess maybe the jealousy of it would be the more the thing for me that at the end of the show, and, and I'm gonna explain my jealousy as, as I continue on. Of course. But the if they played into the shippery aspect of it. And then they didn't care about like actual Supergirl mythology. I would be jealous that the shippers would get what they wanted. And I didn't get like Comet the Super Horse or I didn't get, you know, more things from Supergirl mythology. I didn't get, you know, Kara or Linda like as, a, I, as a soap opera actress. <laughs> I, did, I didn't get those things. I feel so, like if that's the way they go, though, we all get screwed, right? Because even the, the people who've really desperately wanted this relationship to happen, like if it's 
going to happen. And I, again, I don't think it is. It'll happen in like the last 30 seconds of the finale. So they're not going to get any, like any actual screen time. And then we, you know, we don't get any of the, the fun, you know, comic book stuff. We've never got the news gal Legion. We never got snapper snapping or director bones. Like we all lose here. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that plays into a broader question. Because we are three episodes from the end of the show, and I guess maybe we'll ha- we'll start having more of these questions as we get towards, <laughs> towards the end. But I've been thinking a lot about this season. Who were they writing this show for? I, who I, who are they writing this final season? And I think that's and I don't mean to harp on the writers. I know this is very difficult. It takes a lot of work to do all of this kind of stuff. But I just my question when looking at it is just like who like sometimes you can tell. Like when a show, or I can't, I don't want to speak for everybody. I can tell when a, a a show knows their audience or a show is very aware of the things that their audience cares about or doesn't like, you know, famously like on Lost, uh, there was the, uh, uh, what were the, what was that couple that everybody hated and they, they got buried alive? Nikki and Paolo. Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> like everybody hated them. So and the funny. reason they got killed off, spoilers for Lost, the reason that they got <laughs> killed off on Lost was because the showrunners saw the exact same thing that the audience did and were like, yeah, these people aren't really working out. And so they killed them off, but that was not because of an audience reaction. The showrunners just had that same reaction to the story and the characters that the audience did. So I've had the the experience where I've seen like people being very aware of why people watch the show and what they're into. And I can't really determine that with Supergirl. I can't figure out who the show is being geared towards. I don't know who the show is being written for. Is it being written for children? I don't think so because they have really <laughs> mature things and topical items that are there. Is it written for the comic book fans? No, definitely not. Way. Is it written for the shippers? Maybe in it some re- I, regards, I but I think they're no, still kind they're of really frustrated. Angry yeah. <laughs> so it's not written for those people. It's not written for people who are like, I just really want to watch a really well written TV show. It's not written for those Certainly people. Certainly not for them. <laughs> and so I. I have a hard time understanding, like, who, I just, I'm trying to figure this out. And I, I haven't been able to get to an answer. And so that's my big question going into the end of the show is, who, I, I think who, who, are, really, who are they trying to write this for? I think that's a really valid question because I think a couple of seasons ago, I might have been able to answer that question. I'd be like, oh, they're writing it for, you know, for for fans of Supergirl or, you know, whatever. Um fans of technology, VR aficionados. Um, but this season, I couldn't tell you who this is for. Um, and I think it's a good question because I don't I don't know if I have the answer. And that kind of brings me to like my last complaint about this episode, um, which is uh, it just it just struck me in this one. That's su- how, how to what extent Supergirl is not the main character of her own show like to such a such a huge extent like they talk about the super friends all the time now they're like oh we're just, we're gonna like williams like i'll put a call into the super friends it's like the show is called Supergirl. like she can't fight anyone on her own anymore like everybody ha- it has to be a group effort all the time all of her friends are superheroes in some variety um except for lena who's just like in a corner like dancing to practical magic or whatever she's like saying things in another language 
some <laughs> gibberish that's yeah she's like landslide <laughs> like you're like okay okay lena i don't think that's even latin lena it's cool um it's, it's, uh, is that celtic i don't know what you're saying <laughs> um yeah exactly all literally the last holdout was lena and now she's also and now she's got a superpower of she's some got kind. a superpower so like supergirl can't do anything on her own and like usually the problem with superman or the super family and their stories is that like oh they're so powerful like how do you write challenges for them like that's usually the problem and in this show it's like she's not powerful enough she needs 12 of her friends to to take down one enemy and you're like why why does she need that she is super girl and i just want to remind everybody <laughs> the enemy that she's got to take down can be sent back to the fifth dimension by getting her to say her <laughs> name backwards i just i just want to keep reminding everybody of, of this <laughs> the two They're enemies like, are, are are as you said somebody who you just need to get her to say her name backwards and um a bald dude <laughs> in a suit like those are her just two a regular guy that she needs all uh, just a regular just a, some regular guy that's what she needs all of her friends <laughs> To help her fight. I think I know what they're going for. I Because I think they've mentioned in interviews that they want it to be, like, stronger together and all that kind of stuff. Which would be a nice throwback to, like, the second episode of the entire show where yeah. uh, they introduced the El Mayara concept. I think that's great. But, to your point, the show is about... It was, it was originally it about was Supergirl. It was about Supergirl. It, it was yeah. about Supergirl and Supergirl saving the day. And the only way this in this week's episode, I thought that they did a good job of that is when uh, Kelly and Alex, even though Kelly's got her guardian shield and Alex, I think, has a weapon of some kind, even though they had protection in Al's bar, they needed Supergirl. And Esme was the only one who recognized they must have had a conversation with her like, Esme, if you get in trouble, if there's, you know, stranger danger, you need to yell out for Supergirl. And that was like my, that might have been one of my favorite parts of this season, this whole season, because <laughs> this so little cute. girl, this little girl knew that when she was in danger, she could call for Supergirl and Supergirl would be there for her. And I'm just like, I'm almost getting emotional about that because <laughs> like the idea of that is something that I've wanted to see for a long time for Supergirl to have an impact on like a little one, like a little person. I, mean, I know, you know, like a little young person. And that I thought was really well played because Supergirl was there immediately. And uh, Esme knew to do that. And she knew that she could count on Supergirl. And I just wish there was more of that. You know, shippy nonsense aside, all of that kind of stuff. You know, the Carolina stuff. The Who Alex Kelly wedding. With? Yeah, exactly. I, that okay. to me has never been a thing that I focus on with this show. I care about the character of Supergirl. And so when I, when I struggle with not seeing her... Uh, in my opinion, be respected. That's very troubling for me. And so the, I think the one thing that was really positive for me this week was Esme calling out for Supergirl. And I just wish we got more moments like that. I agree. And I, I love that moment too. And I think in the earlier seasons, the super friends, as you may call it, like as they're called now, um, but they were like her backups. They helped her. They like helped her find where the 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 enemy was. They helped her figure out how to take them down. They helped, you know, they would like be like 
calming in while she was like fighting them. They would do that. And like, you know, they would assist too. But now it's like she cannot fight a single enemy on her own. She always needs the super friends around. And the uh even this whole season with like Andrea being like, I need the story about the super friends. It's not like I need the story about Supergirl. Supergirl is being erased from her own television show. She is just part of a group of super friends now. And it just it just kind of bums me out because it's like this used to be her show. It used to be about her journey. And like the other characters were always great. Like we always got a lot of good Alex stories and good John stories. And John's a superhero. And, um, you know, we got good stories for the the supporting cast. But at the end of the day, it was about Supergirl and her journey and what she was going through and her saving the day. And now I cannot imagine a scenario this season in which Supergirl like solo saves the day. It just doesn't seem possible anymore the way the writing is. That's such a good point, because even when they would have Alex or Jean helping Kara, Supergirl was the one to face the villain. Supergirl was the one to face off with whoever was causing trouble that that episode. Oh, that's such a good point Oh, that I, I miss those days. I know. And it really struck me in this one, I think, between like Andrea being like, what's the you know, what's the plan with the super friends? And then all of them having to help her like fight and like she just doesn't have solo fight scenes anymore it feels like and i just thought oh man like i I know that we complain about like the show isn't about supergirl anymore but it's like it just really hit me in this one i was like it's really not about just supergirl anymore she's not the title character of her own show called supergirl she's just one of the many characters in this show yeah i understand what they're trying to do i understand the the elmira thing of it but I don't think it has to be every episode. I, no, I just, it doesn't. And I don't like, think it has to be every episode. I think I feel like there's also like interesting ways that you could have played that out. Like she could have come back from the Phantom Zone and she could have like had a hard time like reconnecting with her friends. And that could have been like a storyline that like came through. And then she could like they could have like surrounded her and helped her out. And then she could have realized, oh, I'm stronger with them. Like that would have oh, given, that her, a little that bit given a, her an arc, yeah. An arc, it would have given her a little alone time to like try to do things by herself. And then and maybe that that's that's where she could have like had the decision to quit CatCo and all that kind of thing that she wasn't re-acclimating yeah. to her life. Yes, like and that was have. also another thing that like I was annoyed with at the beginning of this episode is she, um, she just announces to everybody, like, I quit CatCo. I think only Lena is like, what do you mean? You're a journalist. And she was like, not anymore, sucker. And like, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like Cat, uh, the, I mean, Alex didn't even really have. Alex wasn't there during that. She, that's right. She wasn't there for that. So like, we don't even know what Alex's reaction to that is. Will it even get brought up next episode? Or are we just like not caring about Cara being a journalist ever again? I, I don't know with this show. I really don't. But it seemed annoying that we wouldn't get a Cara and Alex scene about that. We got just one person's reaction. It was Lena's. Uh, being like you're a journalist I don't know that Nia even said anything I think Nia said something but Lena was the one who was like but journalism is like the thing that is a big deal to you like that which is like yes Lena exactly that was our reaction as well but it's like weird that like she didn't have a conversation with Alex she didn't have a conversation with Nia who presumably still works there although who knows um it's just I don't know it's just like what are they're just they seem very uninterested in what's going on with Kara. It's just kind of a bummer. 
Well, and the thing that I thought was a strange choice was during that scene where she tells everybody that she quit CatCo, she's dressed as Supergirl. She's not <laughs> even dressed as Cara Danvers in that scene, which I thought was a weird choice. If you're going to have her make that proclamation to everybody in the room, she needs to be Cara in that moment. Yes. Uh, so I, I thought that was really strange. And they did try to bring out some, I guess this will be the last thing we talked about because I know <laughs> I talk about because I know we're running a little long because there's just so much to work out with this episode. Um, but uh, uh, and what was I? Oh, so the I was going to talk about the car stuff. So they did try to bring some of that Phantom Zone stuff back for her in this episode that she has yes. this like. I guess some sort of uh, traumatic event where she thinks that she is going to, uh, she's attacked by the dream totem using a nightmare and she thinks she's going to become a phantom. Um, I don't know. That feels a little too little too late for me. Like it's, I, I don't know. They didn't really string all that together very well, in my opinion. And so I kind of don't care about it, um, <laughs> which is, I, which is sad. I should care about Kara having that, feeling like she's about to become a monster i should care about that and i just it's i think it in my opinion it's been done so poorly yeah i'm i'm glad that they brought it back but as you mentioned it's a little bit too little too late it's it's kind of how the storytelling is sometimes on the show where it's very sporadic like they'll remember the thing that they want to talk about and then they'll forget it for four episodes and then they'll bring it back there's it's not like a through line and so when they bring it back you're like oh yeah right that okay um instead of being like oh it's so interesting to see them like dive into her time in the phantom zone like i still feel like she barely had any reaction to her parents being alive it's like i i mean i guess i get that we're talking about her trauma with the phantoms but like really would have rather seen some more stuff with her dad well and we've gotten more i think uh, in some regards, more fallout uh, from the Phantom Zone with Nixley because in this yeah. week's episode, when Lex approaches her and uh, he, she Nixley finds out that Lex was the one who sent Supergirl to the Phantom Zone, she had a real reaction to that. She was like, "I hate men, and I hate men who send women to the Phantom Zone." Yeah, and so, exactly. Yeah, that was a real uh, organic reaction to that. That I think happened from Nixley. So I, I, I think they it would have benefited the show in the season a little more if they had played more into that and delved a little more into the, the Phantom Zone fallout of that. Yeah, they did a little bit, but not, you know, not to such an extent where when this when it popped up in this episode, I was like, oh, right, right. She's probably got some trauma around the Phantom Zone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was nice that they tried to do something with that, but it it didn't feel like it was like well-developed, unfortunately. Just kind of yeah. thrown in there. I wish we had gotten more of it, to be honest. Uh, Leslie in the chat asks, how did Jean know that Supergirl was having a nightmare about phantoms? I think it's because he, he did some of this. He did some <laughs> fingers to his temples and he thought really hard about it. I think that's how he probably, that's my best guess. Uh, Claudia also says in the chat, uh, Carr is only a reporter because Lena suggested it in season two, episode one. I would disagree with that, Claudia, because at the end of season one in the finale, I think it was Kat Grant uh, recognized that Kara, I think she pulls out Kara's resume or something, and she wrote reporter on it in red ink, I think, if I remember that correctly. Um, yeah, that's so, what I remember, too. So, so I, I would push back on that a little bit, that I think Kara has always 
um, shown the spark of a reporter since early on in the show. And it, I don't think it was necessarily just because of Lena. Wasn't Kara already a reporter like when she like met Lena for the first time? Uh, yes. I have to refresh, I think. <laughs> yeah, because she was with Clark when they first. Yeah, that's what I thought. Lena. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just wanted to address that. Well, I guess we've run pretty long on our discussion <laughs> this week. So I guess we should uh, start wrapping it up. So, uh, Morgan, what were your thoughts about this episode? Like overall thoughts, like it, dislike it. What do you think? I wish I liked it more. Um, I could see some ways that it could have been interesting, but I just don't feel like it quite got there. I liked the Kelly and Alex proposal a lot. Um, I liked, you know, I liked that like Lena is coming into her powers and she like saved cars, humanity or whatever. But I didn't like that they set up this whole dramatic storyline about like how maybe car would lose her humanity. And then she just, Jitten. Uh, that's not that exciting to watch as a viewer. And I just the um the the totem stuff is is inexplicable. I just can't follow it. I don't know what's going on. They keep changing the rules. It's driving me nuts. If it's gonna be this poorly thought out, then I wish it was less uh taking up less screen time and was less part of the story. The uh the the Alexa Nixley stuff, I feel like. I wish I liked it because I could see a version of it that could have been interesting. Uh, and and as much as I l- love Ducky Lex Luthor, he he almost sold me on that relationship a couple of times in the episode. But it's just it's too close to the finale for me to really get involved or care, to be honest. Like, it sounds harsh, but I'm like, we're we're there's three episodes left. I, I can't get invested in this. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, let's focus on the characters we do have. So I feel like this one was just kind of bogged down in all the totem nonsense. There were some good moments in it. And uh, and ob- honestly, the 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 Kelly Alex proposal stuff saved this one for me. It was cute. But the rest of it was just crazy. Yeah, this one was a really hard episode to follow in terms of the (laughs) the plot. And uh, I think that made me uh, frustrated at the show. And so it was hard for me to come back to that. When I started making notes the second time around, it it didn't make more sense. But I at least, like, saw what they were trying to do. It just, it was... uh, I, I, I didn't care for, for this one um, and the way it was changing all of the rules. Uh, there were some bright spots in it, but as, as an episode overall, I don't uh, did, did not care for it. Um, people in the chat just to... Uh, just, <laughs> I was about to say, people have some corrections about uh, season two, episode one. Thank God. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Lena uh, Carr was not a reporter when, um, when, sh- when they met Lena for the first time. Um, but I also, I, I just push back at the, uh, the notion that Lena is the reason that Carr became a reporter. I don't like that at all because the season, the season one finale had her destiny as a reporter. Like that's why like Kat saw that in her, that she was going to be that. So I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and rewatch that beginning of season <laughs> two because obviously I've forgotten about it, but, but I, I just, uh, I don't like that idea that like. Kara can't make the decision to to be a reporter on her own, that she can't have that instinct in her, that Lena has to be the one to have inspired she was her clear, to do that. She was clearly on the road to becoming a reporter when uh, when she first met Lena, and Lena was like, you seem like a reporter. Um, I don't think it was like, she was like, oh, I seem like a 
reporter. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's when it first like occurred to her. She was, she was on that road. Cat, cat kind of uh, had already thought that that's where she was going to go. And that's kind of already what she was thinking. So I guess I'm just like, I, I know, I know we're three episodes from the end, but I guess I'm just so bitter <laughs> that like now, now we can't even look back at the show and be like, well, Cara was always going to be a reporter. That was a thing. And now it's like, well, she's only a reporter because Lena said she was a reporter. And, and, and it just kind of goes into the, the, the premise of like the super, super girl can't do anything on her own. She has to have <laughs> people to tell her what to do. And now I'm like, ugh, I'm trying to be real positive about the end of the show but it's it's becoming increasingly difficult the the more the more episodes they air and so I, i'm trying to stay with it but uh and try to bring up the positive things when i can but it's it's becoming very difficult um okay well i guess on that downer note i'm very <laughs> sorry <laughs> to leave it on that downer of a note but uh let's uh see what our listeners had to say maybe they'll disagree with everything i just said um, so our first tweet is from, uh, Jose, uh, a Rios 1994, who said zoned out in the first half of the episode. Second half was okay. It confirmed a theory and destroyed it at the same time. Car destroys the hope totem, but that's okay because she'll be the totem, but no, Lex has it. Then they'll make Esme a totem. It's obvious that William will die with him advising a new character in every episode. Um, uh, at CM Gutierrez 74 said, loved it. I completely believe Lex is in love with future Nixley and would move heaven and earth to save her. The dance and scenes totally made me cry with happiness. Watching the super friends fight together against formidable foes was everything. Can't wait for next week. God, I wish I wish I felt like that about this Me show. Too. I wish I had. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Of I, that, of I that wanna, enthusiasm. I want to be there. I want to be where where she is uh, because. That seems great. Uh, <laughs> at Yoda76547 said, what a beautiful dance and episode. Kara got to realize her sister's happiness, just like she told her to get in the first season finale. So does this mean Kara is done being a hero? Oh, and these are these are Ermgard's thoughts. So Ermgard um, oh. mentioned it before, but we'll, we'll continue to read the, uh, the tweet. Yeah, she did become a hero because of Alex, and now that Alex has her dreams realized, can Kara go off and find her own happiness? Danson is the best queer representation on TV right now. We did not need Lex. Uh, told you all the hope totem wasn't lost. Esme becoming the totem is interesting. Um, at SL Fricky, hope. Head scratchingly, uh, obfuscatingly, please explain. Uh, head scratchingly, obfuscating, please explain. Uh, why does the love totem look like brains? Was Lex playing the red capes are coming on the piano? No, he was not. <laughs> they should have revealed that Esme's uh, species isn't affected by alcohol and had her double fisting champagne at the party. That She would have turned that party up. That would have been a twist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Antony Nia said, for 17 weeks, I've kept the faith that somehow we would see return to form for this show in the final season. But alas, it's now time to face the truth. The show I loved has been slowly dying since that day in infamy when Rovner and Queller took over as showrunners. It's time for uh, for this to end. Um, at Quinn Schuler said, took me this long to realize the totems are rip off infinity stones. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much. I'm not a Marvel person. So yeah. people, I like, I know the infinity stones went into the infinity gauntlet, but yep, I don't know anything. I don't know anything else other than that. Is there, uh, so they is there a more a connection to the totems? I mean, they, they all had like names. 
Um, and there, and some of them had like tests that you had to, at least one of them had like a test you had to kind of pass to get the the stone. So kind of, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Off in front of stones. Someone went to see Endgame and was like, what if we did that? Not like there's like a rich DC history that they could pull from, but they like saw a movie and they were like, this could be cool. Not that there's like Supergirl comics since 1959. No, no it's, it's not over, enough. over 60 years. Of not Supergirl enough. Stories. So <laughs> um, at thus spoke Bianca really annoyed with all the Lex stuff. Nixley doesn't need him. And the show doesn't need him either. Loved all the dancing moments. Their love is literally the purest in the universe. Um, at Mark HB PWM said, honestly, I liked it. I've accepted that the totem rules are cannonball. Uh, uh, Calvin ball. What's Calvin whole- ball? I don't know. I thought that that was like something that like I just didn't know. I was like, Calvin Ball. Oh, it's related to Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin Ball is a game invented by Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin Ball has no rules. The players (laughs) make up their own rules as they go along so that no Calvin Ball game is like another. Rules cannot be used twice except for the rules that rules cannot be used twice. (laughs) And any plays (laughs) made in one game may not be made again in any future games. The game may involve wickets, mallets, volleyballs, and additional sports-related equipment. There is only one permanent rule in Calvin Ball. Players cannot play in the same way twice. For example, in one game of Calvin Ball, the goal was to capture the opponent's flag, whereas in a different game of Calvin Ball, the goal is to score points by hitting badminton shuttlecocks against trees using a croquet mallet. I love this. Amazing. Calvin Ball. If that that's doesn't, what, that's exactly what the accurately season is. describe this season. I don't know what does. <laughs> I'm using that from now on. Uh, this Calvin whole Ball. thing is Calvin Ball. Uh, okay, so uh, I have accepted that the totem rules are Calvin Ball, and the whole storyline was written by a delirious Dr. Seuss. So what the heck? I knew Kelly had booked Al's bar before they were out of that first scene, but it was still an awesome proposal, even if there were were no koi fish, <laughs> like in my proposal. Uh, <laughs> at least Kara was central to the main story this week uh best line was otis you love toxic relationships um at k kyle one said uh this whole totem thing is just silly <laughs> the reaction especially of lena when lex showed was good otherwise it seems obvious the creators don't care anymore it's too bad the final season could have been epic instead it's meh yeah i realized i didn't really talk about like lena's actual character journey of of uh having to deal with the fallout of like her emotions and Lex and how it makes her magic, you know, extra fire um, <laughs> or whatever, extra fire, a big fire emoji versus tiny <laughs> fire emoji. <laughs> but I did like that actually. I mean, I wish the show had spent more time on it than like a couple of like lines and a couple scenes, but I did think it was a, it was like an interesting way to, to kind of deal with the fact that like Lex is back and Lena's going to have an emotion to it. I, I, at the end of the episode, she's like, I'm all better. And I was like, are you? Are you? Well, and I did like that scene where Kara and Lena have the talk about, you know, Lex used to be your family, but we're your family now. And yeah, that, I, I thought I that really was love that. Yeah, that, that was a good scene in terms of trying to get Lena to think about her magic a different way, which I thought made sense. And I love like found family kind of stories where like the team is their family and they're all in it together. And, you know, she's got El, El Mayara. El Mayara. And poor Lena's got kind of a crappy family. So she really, she really needs this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, at Flora, Flora J. Wood said, I don't understand this season at all. Maybe the producers are trying to make us not care anymore so that we don't miss it when it's gone. Plus Legends of Tomorrow Tomorrow did totems in season three, so nothing new there. 
That's true. That's true. Legends did do it first <laughs> and better, weirdly enough. Really <laughs> interesting. Okay. Even more coherent, which is not usually Legends bag. <laughs> <laughs> By its own admission, it's like, we're going to be weird. But Supergirl has so somehow out-weirded it by having, like, Calvin Ball rules. So, uh, at Tone underscore Ring said, how much do we think it would be to book Al's bar? What's that space rental economy like? I feel like it, Al's bar is going to be kind of kind of cost-efficient. I feel like, but, but not now after it gets out about that great engagement party that they threw there. Now it's going to be, he can, he can charge higher rates. I think he's going to get yeah. streamers. It's going to be great. Maybe, maybe some fairy lights. Oh, it's going to be magical in there. <laughs> um, at Kaya underscore Matsui. I just have one question. Why is Lex? This episode was really boring. I can't believe there are only three episodes left and Kara doesn't have a plot. I think about the last season of Arrow and it was all about Oliver. This is such a disrespect to Supergirl. Do you think Kara's plot is just fighting Nixley and finding the totems? Really starting to feel that way. Okay. I think that's what they consider Kara's plot to be. I think if you ask the writers, they'd be like, oh my God, no, she's all she's all in there. She's doing all that plot, the totem stuff. And it's like, is that really her plot though? Yeah. Is that really about her? Yeah. Well, I would argue no. Um, <laughs> at Valkyrie88A said, I don't know. I think the show just makes me sad This po at this point. Uh, true. At Laura Redenbaugh said, so much wasted potential. Also, I did not realize how much I like Nixley's outfit. Oh, yeah. I love her high collars. So one, of, one of the highlights of the season. Really great. She's She is working it. <laughs> uh, at Hoodonut, I guess. Uh, wow. They gave Lex a one plus year time skip so he could have emotional growth for this romance subplot to work. Uh, Esme is ducking adorbs. Uh, disappointed that Kara didn't redo the courage test because I need answers. Wardrobe department A++. If Supergirl ends with a wedding, does that qualify it as a comedy? That's a good question. That's usually a comedy trope that somebody might get married at the end of a, a sitcom or something like that. But I, I don't know. I think other dramatic shows have probably done that somewhere along the line. I think I think a wedding is a pretty like standard way to to wrap stuff up. Um I think for but, it to be a comedy it would have to be funny. Like that's my number one <laughs> standard for a comedy. So they did say that we're going to find out about Cars courage test, but that's that's what we're told by one of the writers on Twitter. But this feels like it would have been a great time to find out. It would have been a better <laughs> time to do it, I so. think. We'll, we'll, we'll see. TBD. Well, let's, let's just uh, keep our eye open. Uh, see what see what happens. All right. So uh, we did have a, a really good tweet thread from uh, Dr. Nicole Green. Let me see if I can share my screen because it'll probably be the best way to go uh, through it if I can. <laughs> Uh, so I guess I'll just go through here. So um, Nicole basically was pointing out some uh, chemistry things uh, that uh, was noticed during the episode. So uh, Nicole tweeted out, this was the moment I was referring to. Uh, and there are some screenshots if you're watching the live stream. I And I'll include, I think I also included this in the video description and we'll put it in the audio show notes if you want to check out the tweet thread. 
Uh, and Nicole sent uh, this these images to some chemistry friends with no context to get their reactions uh, from uh, what <laughs> they saw. And so uh, here are some, I don't know, can, is that a kind of a full screen of some of the, I'll, I'll go through some of the images just so that people in the uh, chat can see them. Uh, so one of the uh, the images says, chemistry friends, what is happening here? Is this a distillation, <laughs> a setup gone terribly wrong? And uh, at the bottom it says, best guesses, please. So that was the question that Nicole put out to some of the, the chemistry friends in this uh, experiment. And uh, somebody wrote back and said, uh, honestly, no idea if it was just if if it was distillation, the tube wouldn't be sitting in the bottom of the flask where the liquid would be. No clue. Looks like someone who doesn't do science set that up. <laughs> and uh, so there's a picture of, uh, I guess, some of the science setup that goes into things. Uh, I would not be able to tell what the difference is, but it sounds like these. Uh, I was really folks. disappointed in those background scenes. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, Nicole went on to say many recognize this as Hollywood science gone wrong the work of a set decorator should be that should be fired uh, yeah that's definitely science not science and then uh, somebody asked what's going on just trying to have fun in lab or recreating a silly straw uh, and then uh, I think there's also some stuff that's going on. It's a really great thread uh, that everybody should check out <laughs> if you want to see more of the uh, science questions about some of the setup in the lab and what what all that looks like. I think that's a great way uh, to get into that if you're interested in the science of everything. So thank you for uh, sharing, uh, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that tweet thread. So everybody should go check that out. I did want to hit one question before we get into uh, some emails because I saw some, a question in the chat. Uh, Claudia asked, did anyone read the journal slash book that Andrea was looking at towards the end of the episode? It was just Lex's love thoughts slash poem for Nixley. No, I'm was so, it? I'm so You're glad joking. you asked that, Claudia, <laughs> because guess what? I brought a screen cap. Oh, snap. So um, if I can get this to, to be bigger, um, let's see if we can uh, read it, Morgan. It says, I will, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to, like, make this bigger for myself. I don't know, I don't know if you can read that. I thought, this, I can, I thought my, I, my eyes are not this strong. I thought the screenshot would be big enough for myself, and now I'm regretting that I did not... Um, Transcribe uh, it. Write this down. I, th I was like, for sure, surely I'll just be able to read it. So let me see if I can... Um, uh, get this to where we can get it. <laughs> I did read parts of it and I was sort of laughing about it because this is very typical of Lex Luthor that he will, uh, he journals a lot. Lex Luthor. He's, he's a big journaler. He likes to write things down in his, uh, you know, especially his thoughts about Lena and, and the horses. <laughs> and horses. This, this is his thing. Okay. So I'm blowing this up for myself so that I can see it better. All right. It says something. And I'm going to try to read it as best I can. Uh, I may not be able to read this completely accurately, but this is what I think it says. I will make oceans burn. The skies above turn black. We shall rule together, my love. Cruel deaths to anyone who attack. You are the imp, my heart, something. The only being in all the universe, something. I cannot conceive an existence without you, I think is what it says. Together, there's nothing we can't do i'm assuming your madness lights the sky your brilliance engulfs me who something or other i will never find another my love my heart my soul time marches in all directions it matters not to <laughs> us we are eternal no we are eternity 
It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea of Lex Luthor writing love poetry. I think that that is very, very <laughs> funny. I like, I like the idea of him being like, oh my God, I wrote you a love poem and here it is. And Nixley just being like, yes, it's, honey, it's great. It's great. And then he like leaves the room and she's like, oh my God, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to tell them this, him this is not good. And he's like, Nixley said my poetry is great and I'm really going to lean hard into it. And she's like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> what if the opposite happens? And she's like, this is the greatest poem that's she's ever She's like, written. oh my God, let's. <laughs> You have a gift. You have, to, <laughs> you have to continue writing. I've never read anything so beautiful. And Lex is like, yeah. Uh, I just love the idea of like Andrea like reading this weird <laughs> love poem and being like, finally, I've gotten to the, I've gotten to the bottom of what's going on with Lex. He's bad at poetry. <laughs> no, but that would be perfect for her style of journalism which is basically just clickbait stuff it's just she, gossip. Could, she, she could run a story that's like lex luther is in love with nixley the fifth dimensional imp who's trying to take over the world here's his secret love poems the from secret his love poems of lex luther she would, she would sell so many issues of catco magazine or or ads on catco.com whatever they do i don't i don't know what they do <laughs> But uh, I think that would be – that's, like, right up her alley. I think it's so funny that, like, they they keep occasionally bringing – like, there's no reason, really, for Andrea to exist on this show anymore. <laughs> I, I like I like the actress a lot. There's no reason for her to exist as a character on the show. And then when whenever they bring the Akrata thing in, I'm like – Oh my God, that's right. She's got powers. And yet all we ever see her go is like, get me a photo of Spider-Man or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> you just, there's nothing else you want to do with this character. If you're just going to continue to pay her, you're just going to, she's just going to be in the background being like, I'm bad at journalism. <laughs> what if she just got the story? Yeah, exactly. She could just use that Akrata power to get so many stories. What if what if there was a storyline about her using the Akrata power to like unethically get stories and like Kara figures it out and then Kara has to like go up against her boss? What an interesting story that would have been for all of been them. an interesting story. <laughs> but we'll never have that. So uh, yeah. Just no no reason for her to to be around and just have powers when she did the Akrata thing. Like, I think I screamed cause I, I completely forgot she could do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the whole episode when, when I kept seeing Andrea, I was like, you don't remember when she had a crowd about like I remembered it and like mentioned it and then they paid it off. So I was like, okay, good. I'm glad exactly. that Joe at least remembers it. Well, I just wanted to bring up the journal thing. Cause I, did, I love it. I did look at that. Cause I wanted to document what looks like it, it's, it's great he's got he's got some real talent <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get into some emails so ricky had some thoughts about last week's episode nightmare in national city and uh this is what ricky uh said quote my name is ricky tran and i'm a part of the morgan glennon podcast universe or whatever <laughs> it's called that's that's what it's called but sure, the podcast universe. Yeah. uh coming over from legends of tomorrow podcast i was oh, shook when cara quit <laughs> i was sure andre would threaten to fire her yet again. Can I just also point out how amazing civilian Cara and Lena looked in this episode? Uh, I hate how William just barges into the tower as he pleases now. Yeah, he does that a lot. Uh, <laughs> he really like, does. like, lock the door, John. And I hate why that's why Jesse Rath is forced into green paint all episode long now. 
Uh, Ricky goes on to say, I love Nia going off on Maeve in this episode. Nicole Maines is an amazing actress and I felt all the emotions and I'm glad Nia didn't accept Maeve's apology. Uh, Ricky goes on to say, Brainy is really pushing this vegetable rampage. Uh, I think he made uh, spinach pancakes or something. Oh yeah, that's right. Inclu that was funny. <laughs> including on his own girlfriend and there's a like a broccoli emoji and a like a... Like a, a horrified emoji. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and Ricky says, I love the running gag, though. It seems like this show can't have all 10 series regulars in a single episode anymore. It's always either Kelly, Nia, Brainy, or Lena who's absent. I wish it felt more like a final season. Every episode is feeling too similar. I made a list of how each episode has been recently laid out. So every episode basically goes, Nixley is evil. Kara goes to and leaves work immediately. <laughs> There's a subplot. Andrea threatens an employee. Mostly William, which Lena, <laughs> and then a totem quest slash test. And so that basically is the formula. I think uh, Ricky nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Ricky ends this uh, discussion about Nightmare in National City saying, I hope this show starts heading uh, towards a final end game very soon, though. And then, uh, Ricky, I'm going to put, put all of Ricky's thoughts together. So these are Ricky's thoughts from this week, talking about, I believe, in a thing called love, saying, quote, I really wish Kara was the one to complete the Courage Totem gauntlet. We still don't know why she failed. The fact that William was told about both Kelly and Alex's proposal plan makes no sense because they barely know him, and he sure as hell barely knows them. <laughs> Although I think Armgard made a good point that uh, William was friends That's with true. Kelly in season five. He's just showing up to the tower as he pleases. Ricky really doesn't like that William. <laughs> Justice. And William just coming and going whenever he wants. <laughs> I get, I get it, Ricky. At least if he shows up, he should always bring baked goods. He's he's been he's been kind of slacking on that. So yeah, where I, are the muffins, William? <laughs> I think I think if he's gonna do this, he needs to keep bringing in those baked goods. Um, he's just showing up to the tower as he pleases and gives off baked goods and wise advice. Now, at this point, they should just tell him the secret. That's a fair comment. Is it weird <laughs> that I genuinely felt some emotion when Lex confessed his love to Nixley? Esme was adorable in this episode. She is the love totem now? Kelly and Alex are engaged, all capital letters. I am so glad that at least one Danvers sister is having her story come full circle in a neat ending. Kara uh, telling Lena to fuel her magic with her love for her real family made me tear up happily. And an emoji with like the one tear on the emoji. side of the face. So thank <laughs> you for writing in, Ricky. And uh, I'm glad we could include uh, both of your thoughts about these uh, past two episodes. So we have an email we need to catch up on from Redlocks27, who wrote in to say, I've shared the same thoughts that the writing this season has not been the best. I watched the Welcome Back Kara episode and understood that Kara was struggling with PTSD. My frustration with that plot point was that it was never brought up again or discussed. Kind of like the lost socks in a dryer. <laughs> Trauma is not something someone, uh, not something one cures in a day and then like eye roll emoji. Uh, that was my thought until Nightmare in National city do i think that writers are doing the best job at executing problems with ptsd or similar mental health issues no however when Kara said to william in this episode that she felt like since the phantom zone she has felt like it is one thing after another and she is figuratively drowning it hit me this whole half of the season i have felt that Kara has never fully recovered from her time in the phantom zone nor has taken the time to address it which in my line of work is common the feeling of drowning and feeling like taking one step is hard um is something I understand, especially when all you see or deal with is life or death circumstances. Uh, since Kara has come back from the Phantom Zone, where she was trapped and lost all hope for months, she has continually struggled to find her hope again, even to the point of getting um, 
even to the point of barely getting any of the totems and eventually quitting her job. They even heard this in a way with uh, Maeve and Nia by Maeve saying she was sorry and life didn't work out how she wanted and she took it out on her family. At least the writing explored attempts at redemption and taking steps forward, even if they are small. I hope Kara finds her hope again because her losing every episode is not entertaining. Also, Lena's outfit was baller this episode. <laughs> I, love the, I love the switch in tone in this email. <laughs> uh, also, Lena's outfit was baller this episode, and I'm coming to appreciate her moving from the reddest lipstick on earth to none and being poor uh, to not affording any to now back uh, to now black. Maybe that's all she had left from her angsty teenager days. Oh, I like I like thinking about Lena and her angsty teenage days. Although, oh, my God. Me, too. <laughs> when we saw her with young Andrea, she's Lena seemed to be the the more clean cut. Like, I think Andre, young Andrea was the, like the, the kind of the 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 one who probably got in trouble the most in school. But young Lena seemed to be, she was the one wearing pearls that Lillian gave her. So yeah, that's true. I, I wish that Lena had like went through like a, like a goth phase, like a high school so goth good. phase that we could have seen like a hot topic phase. That would be amazing. <laughs> <Hot> <laughs> oh, the missed opportunity. Uh, well, we have an email from Ashley who writes, quote, why is William giving all these heartfelt talks? Shouldn't Cara or Jean be giving these? Lex couldn't just let Alex and Kelly have their moment. Lex always has to ruin everything. It seems like when Lex is on the show, everyone is depowered. I think Lena does live in the tower. Oh, here we go. Because she Ooh. said, quote, I was getting cleaned up downstairs, unquote. Maybe that is a clue. How did Lex get the hope totem? It seems like whenever Lex wants to use someone, he, he says that he is madly in love with him. Oh, that's that's a fair Ooh. point. He did that with uh, Ms. Desmarker. That's true. Just, just like he did with Eve. We don't have much time for another Lex storyline. Uh, I loved Esme's scenes, especially the last one where all the drinks were being passed out. And she was like, where's mine? It was cute. I really hope that nothing bad happens to Esme in the next episode. Unquote. Oh. Ashley, don't even put that out there in in the universe. <laughs> Nothing should happen to Esme. Let's not even acknowledge that that is a possibility. We love Esme and we will protect her. <laughs> She's like one of the few things this season has given us that gives us joy. <laughs> um, so Emma sent us an email writing, well, it happened. The writers went there. Nick's Lex? Lexley? I kind of like Lexley. <laughs> Lexley, I like. Yeah, it's got like a little little something to it little, little <laughs> judge uh it is canon Ugh. why uh was there real on-screen buildup no did anyone ask for or want this probably not doesn't really do anything for the plot that couldn't have been accomplished via a non-romantic alliance no did we even need lex back so close to the end when they've already proven that they can't give poor Kara good content a resounding no i just why sigh <laughs> that said nixley's initial reaction to lex especially after she learned who he was was excellent and appropriate if 12 of her had been on the jury lex would be in jail where he belongs um al how can you say no to Esme? I dislike children with a burning passion. And even my cold heart was thawed in a, a titch. After finishing the episode, I understand now. Excellent acting, Esme. <laughs> uh, dual dance and proposal. The love totem knows what's up. Also, Kara apparently just keeps an ear out for Esme's voice. She's such a good aunt. Um, Esme is going to be uh, such a cute flower girl. 
Esme becoming the new love totem makes all the sense, but now I'm worried about her safety. Ah, why is everybody talking <laughs> oh, about no. this? Don't do it. Uh, do you think Alex and Kelly will notice the random tattoo that just appeared on the back of her neck? I mean, I hope so. If they're I mean, decent parents. They would probably like give her baths and stuff. I think that would come up. It's gotta, it's gonna have to come up. Okay, uh, Lena ruined Morgan's theory by doing magic with her hair up in a science bun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're science buns from now on. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> and then it's like an emoji that's kind of frowning, like, just like mm. <laughs> hey, look, Andrea remembered she has powers. <laughs> she did. And uh, she found the greatest poetry in the world. Uh, so that was worth it. All right. Well, Kiki wrote in with some thoughts about this week's episode saying, quote, dare I say this episode was entertaining? The writers had some consens- consistency in this episode. Loved the Alex and Kelly proposal. Lena and Kara's scenes were great as always. Sean's gauntlet was heartbreaking. He had to see his people be killed all over again, including his daughters. Wonder what heartbreaking news Brainy gets next episode. Is he is he supposed to get heartbreaking oh, news? I hope I, not. I hope not. Ooh, well, Kiki, what do you know? Uh, Kiki also <laughs> writes, overall, this was a 10 out of 10 episode. Three more episodes. I can't believe it. And then like five crying emojis. Cry. Um, Claire sent us an email saying, hi, Morgan and Rebecca. First, I want to thank you guys for your coverage of Supergirl. Your podcast and Anna's snap judgments have made this season of Supergirl a lot more enjoyable. I've been listening along all season, and I wanted to share my thoughts about this week's episode. Does Alex know that Kara quit her job? It seems like the show went out of its way to avoid Kara and Alex discussing Kara's employment status. Alex walked in right after Kara's very brief chat with the Super Friends, and immediately the topic shifted to the engagement. Also, why did they give William the job of talking Alex back into her engagement plans? Wouldn't it make more sense to have Kara reveal to Alex that she quit CatCo because of everything going on and then have Alex respond saying she was going to hold off on proposing and then have Kara give her sister a big speech on how important uh, Kelly and Alex's love is? That would have been so good. That would have been great. Um, oh. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. These past two episodes, it seems like the writers have completely forgotten everything they knew about the two leads of this series. On a lighter note, when Kara asked Alex and Kelly to head out and uh, on patrol, did anyone else really want Alex to respond, no need, uh, no need for us to go. Magan has it covered. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the painting. She's in Esme's wall painting. Magan's screaming in that painting. Why won't someone hear me? Magan's <laughs> in the painting like, there's something on the back of Esme's neck. Y'all need to check it out. I, I want there to be like a, like a full horror movie story. Storyline where like Esme's like, Mom, the 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 painting on the wall talks to me, and they're like, Shh, shh. it's it's natural for you to have an imaginary friend. She's like, her name is Magon. <laughs> she says she knows you. <laughs> she says she's been here a while. <laughs> She thought John would have noticed. Um, to end on a positive thought, Esme stole the show again. Kudos to the casting director for so- finding such a talented young actress. I agree with that. Esme is she's really great. Uh, well, Veronica, not the description writer of the show uh, <laughs> uh, that we know of. Uh, oh, but- <laughs> uh, she's got, she's got to be coming in hot on us. <laughs> Veronica wrote in to share some thoughts, writing, quote, I have been watching Supergirl since the beginning, but I stopped uh, four episodes ago. Uh, Veronica, just <laughs> stick it out. Stick it out with us. We're, we're going to watch it till the end. 
What if the descriptions start getting really weird because Veronica stopped watching? (laughs) (laughs) They have nothing to do with anything. Uh, Veronica says, I know what is happening through your podcast and comments on Twitter. I'm glad we could could be there for you. It was a sad decision after so many years, but I've had enough, which I I totally understand, Veronica. Understandable. Uh, Veronica goes on to say, I'm going to be honest. I ship Supercorp, and one of the reasons I kept watching... Uh, and was excited about the final season was to see if they're going to end together or not. And even after I stopped watching, I still think there's a chance that they are going to do at least an open ending with Kara and Lena. However, I'm not watching anymore because what they are doing to Kara is unforgivable. How am I supposed to have hope or be excited when the main protagonist has a bad storyline or even worse, she doesn't have any. What they are doing to Kara makes me so sad and mad. So I find it impossible to enjoy anything, even the things I like. Sometimes I feel like the only people in charge of the show uh, I feel like the people in charge of the show hate Kara. That is the only reasonable explanation because nobody is that bad at their job. Not to notice <laughs> they are not giving at least a decent story for the main character. I would also like to make a comment about the ending. I think when Zorel said to Kara, it is okay to be human, was foreshadowing the ending. In the end, Kara is going to stop being Supergirl and enjoy her life, unquote. Well, Veronica, that's a actually a pretty good theory. If they, you know, went back to that uh, dialogue, they could do something like that at the end of the show. I don't know that I would care for that, for her to stop being Supergirl. But I think if they've set it up in the story and in the dialogue, I think, you know, for them to pull that trigger would actually be really interesting. Um, but I personally wouldn't want her to stop being Supergirl. But, it, you know, I mean, I think if uh, if they did that, it would actually make the writing seem like it was going somewhere (laughs) somewhere. so i i think the theory is pretty good yeah yeah that's that's interesting it wouldn't be like my preferred way for the show to end but it it would at least be backed up by something yeah yeah (laughs) which we're not guaranteed at the end of this let's be honest (laughs) (laughs) uh so daryl sent us an email writing you have to give alex credit for not proposing in the same year she met kelly She's learning. Uh, If the writers truly thought Lena had more to contribute than magic, then why focus on her magic so much? If Kara had that kind of heartfelt discussion with Lena years ago and showed real trust in her, then Lena might not have gone off the deep end. I swear Rain gets no respect. Thank you. (laughs) Put some respect on her name. (laughs) Uh, Daryl says they call Nixley her greatest threat, but Nixley didn't beat Supergirl into a coma. Rain Rain messed with Supergirl so much that that's what she saw when she was in the Phantom Zone. Was the end of season three. Exactly. Season three, man. To go back, <laughs> to go and, back and, and warn and, them, and, and to think that we complained about the end of season three—that it wasn't at, written as well. Oh my god! But it was so much better. <laughs> I would pay money to go back to season three. Oh man, point. let's get let's oh. get season three quality up in here. Seriously, uh, why are Kara and Alex talking to William and not each other? What is this show? <laughs> I do like that the show remembered Maggie existed because I swear they forgot about her, like they forgot. Most other supporting characters once their respective season is over. Good job on the show showing us Alex saying yes. If you remember, we never saw Maggie actually say yes. We all just naturally assumed it after she smiled. Uh, I can definitely tell they put their money in that fight at the start. That was an end of the show climax level fight. I'm surprised by the Otis reveal, but I don't quite care. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh Daryl brought up a point that the the fight at the beginning when they were trying to trap Nixley with the fake totem, I thought the effects were of that were pretty good. It was a pretty action packed sequence, and yeah, I did, it was. I did like that. I, I would I would say that that was 
um, done pretty well. And, and, you know, considering there are some other scenes that we've watched on the show where the effects are maybe not as good, but I thought that one was, was pretty good and everybody played their part in that. So I would agree with that. Well, uh, Morgan, should we, uh, make some snap judgments? I think we should make some snap judgments. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so we have quite a few Snap Judgments. (laughs) So I think we need to strap in. Also, I have to say, Anna, Anna, I love you. But I also kind of hate you because what you've created is your own genre of snap (laughs) judgment. And I can see scrolling down this document that a lot of people have kind of like started to send in their snap judgments in a very Anna-like fashion. (laughs) I I have a feeling we're going back to the medieval times, uh, at least a couple of times. And we we might encounter, spoiler alert, we might encounter a a teenage assassin. Uh, we might, we might go back into that story. So we'll get there. So Anna has created her own form, her own style, um, of snap judgment. Uh, and it's really taken off. It's sweeping across the nation. So (laughs) strap in. All right. So our first snap judgment is from at CM Gutierrez 74. Who would you rather see together romantically Lex and Nixley or Kara and Lena? I get the car and Lena and why why people ship it, but I just I just don't. If I had if I had <laughs> and and I hope the internet is not mad at me. I just that's not you're allowed what, to not like something, Rebecca. That's, it's honestly that's, fine. <laughs> that's that's just not what the direction I would want it to go in. So I guess if I had to pick, I guess I would say Nixley and Lex, even though I don't like that either. <laughs> so I do I don't like any of these choices. But the rule of the game is that you have to pick one. So you I guess pick I pick one. I, I guess I didn't even have to explain myself. I could have just said you could, Nixley you and Lex, and I could have just been done with it. <laughs> I'm I'm just digging my own grave. The more <laughs> I digging it, shoveling yourself in. <laughs> um, I like Kara and and Lena, so I will go with them. And Nixley and Lex are not doing much for me, so it's <laughs> not really competition in any way here. Um, okay, so from at Mark HBPWM. Would you rather be romantically pursued by a fanatically smitten Lex Luthor or catch Ebola virus? Wow. Hmm. Um, Funny story. Um, Just real quick. uh, When I was going through cancer, I was getting treatment at the Winship Cancer Institute, uh, which is across the street from Emory in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where that's the hospital where they took the guy who had Ebola when he came into the United States because they had... Emory has like this this big room that like they put people with Ebola in. Um, and when I was going through cancer, I was kind of like freaked out because I was I was there at the Cancer Institute doing like going to a doctor's appointment or something like the day they brought that guy in because I saw all the news trucks and all the news. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I, I like texted a, a doctor friend of mine and I was like, hey, uh, should I be worried about Ebola? <laughs> should I like be concerned about this? And you know what? She wrote me back. She was like, just wash your hands. You'll be fine. And I was <laughs> like, okay, so I guess I'm not that worried about Ebola. <laughs> so, so I guess if I wasn't worried about Ebola, do I need to 
Do I need to select uh, be romantically pursued by a fanatically smitten Lex Luthor? Well, I mean, the the choice is what would you rather? Would you rather catch Ebola, which you're not that worried about? Well, so, I mean, but you got it in that scenario. Like, you definitely have it. But it, <laughs> Ebola, like, Ebola is nasty, though. Yeah, it does do a not lot great. of bad things to you. Hmm. I guess I, I guess I'm choosing pursued by fanatically smitten Lex Luthor. That could have benefits for me. It, could, it, it sure could. It could be. It could, you know, uh, make me successful. Uh, you'd be rich, definitely. <laughs> you'd have a fancy house. I would get a lot of great poetry. So much. So I'm picking Lex because of the poetry. I think <laughs> I don't have enough poetry in my life. I don't care the quality, really. Um, and you know what? I don't need to ride a horse. It's okay. I can let go of that. Uh, <laughs> because he, he hates that. So <laughs> I don't want a bola. So. <laughs> so we have a uh, snap judgment from Bethany. This one's a long one. So strap in. Would you rather be the child of Lex and Nixley and be forced to watch as they commit crimes against humanity? As mm. a child, you're forced to watch Lex murder every single one of your boyfriends in front of you. No, that doesn't seem good. Not great. Your mother, Nixley, is a fifth-dimensional imp who can snap you to Paris whenever you want. But she also uses oh, her ab nice. abilities to snap you to the phantom zone when you misbehave. That's not great. Not great. Or be the second child of Alex and Kelly, where you get to watch your moms be superheroes. Yeah, that sounds fun. Although they are great mothers to you growing up, Esme becomes extremely jealous of you uh -oh. and uses the totem on the back of her neck to drain all the love they have for you out of them. Eesh. As Alex, Alex and Kelly have no more love for you, they continue to raise Esme and put you in the foster system. Well, that sucks. Oh, my God. How did... Oh, my goodness. In the system, you keep track of your old mothers and find <laughs> out that Alex has died saving her sister in battle. Oh, no. You go mad from all your pain and become a love-stealing supervillain yourself. Whew, that's a tough choice. Oh, boy. Oh boy. I, th oh, boy. I think I like Esme so much that I don't want to have <laughs> beef with her. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I'm going to have to choose. Uh, I guess I'd rather be the child of Lex and Nixley and be forced to watch as they get, commit com crimes against humanity. Because at least I'm just, like in the second one, in the second option, you're becoming... You're becoming a super uh, love-stealing supervillain. Yeah, definitely. So I guess in the first choice, at least you're not the villain. Like you're you're having to watch the villains yes. do crimes, but you're not the one committing them. So I guess I'm gonna go with the first one. I guess my question is like, how good are these boyfriends? Like, <laughs> like, did they forget my birthday? Did they cheat on me? Because then maybe it's a plus. Like, we don't know. Uh, so I'm also, I don't want to be a super villain. And, and again, I definitely don't want beef with Esme. Like she is cute and tiny, but I feel like she's maybe a little vicious. Like, you know what I mean? She's scrappy. I don't want that. Uh, so I'm going to go Lex and Nixley because occasionally I get, I get to go to Paris. You get to go so. to Paris. That's, that's and good. I feel like I'd be really rich too. So that's mm -hmm. going to help. That's going to help with some of that pain and trauma and also definitely to pay for the therapy I'm going to need. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So our next set of snap judgments are from at Kaya underscore Matsui. Who would you trust to write your life story? The Supergirl writers or snap judgment Anna? Anna, no question. 
Anna Anna would hmm. Anna would write me a but it was, a, it's going to be bad, Rebecca. No, but I think it would, I think it would be tragic. It would have a lot of tragedy. It would have a lot of betrayal. Anna loves betrayal. It, but, it would. But I think there's you know there's something in there. I think there would be something in there that I think would would give a little glimmer of hope at the end. I think it would be coherent and heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, Anna's version, however. <laughs> It would definitely be messed up. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the Supergirl writers. Ooh, I twist. Wanna, yeah, twist. Because Anna, again, <laughs> Anna's going to write me something great. But it's going to be truly, truly terrifying. And I want to just kind of wake up in the morning and go, what's my day going to be like today? And have no idea because it won't <laughs> logically follow from any other day that I've had before. And I want to go, I want to like, you know, it's noon and I get up to go to lunch and then like suddenly I'm in a completely different continent. It doesn't make sense why I'm there or what I'm doing there. You might time um, travel unexpectedly off screen. I, I want my life to be Calvin Ball. And I, <laughs> I think that's what the Supergirl writers can provide. So I'm going that way. I'm going in that direction. <laughs> I'm putting, I want my life to be Calvin Ball in a t-shirt. <laughs> I'll buy that t-shirt. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, second snap judgment from, <laughs> from Gaia. Who has the better sweater game, Lena with her National City University sweater or Nia in this episode? Oh, I have an overlay for that. I uh, went the extra step uh, so we could have a visual. Oh, it's sweater off. Ah, uh, this is a tough one. I like the casual look of the National C City University sweatshirt, but I also like the on-brand look for dream or like Nia's like like casual dreamer. Like in cosplay, they call it casual cosplay when you're like you're kind of cosplaying your character, but you're like not in your full <laughs> she's costume. Like, she's like Disney bounding her own character. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Nia's casual cosplaying dreamer here, and I like it. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pick uh, uh, Nia in this scenario. I, you know what? I have the National City University sweatshirt. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. And it is great. It's very comfy. I like to wear it. But that that dreamer sweatshirt. Uh, or sweater is really nice. Like I clocked it when I was watching. I was like, that's a good sweater. I should find out where she got that sweater. So I have to go with that sweater. I like the casual, casual cosplay, as you mentioned. It's also just like a solid all around sweater. You can wear that sweater pretty much anywhere. Like Lena probably shouldn't wear that sweater, like, <laughs> you know, out somewhere fancy, but she will. We know she will. <laughs> she, likes to, she likes to show up inappropriately dressed. So she's going to go to like a, a fancy black tie event in that thing. But <laughs> But I like that. I like that that Nia sweater can go to to different locations. Yeah, you could you could uh, wear that for for any kind of uh, uh, event. Okay, so we got we have a few snap judgments from Emma. First one is: Who would you rather adopt, Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen, age six; Young Kara when she first came to Earth, age thirteen; Esme, however old she is now; <laughs> uh, Baby John. Or little Lena, age four. So hmm. I'm trying to imagine Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen at age six. What does oh, that so look cute. like? So cute. It's does like he, in my, in my mind have like a shell? Like a Ninja Turtle vibe. I'm a little torn between Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen, age <laughs> six, six, and Young Car when she first comes to Earth, age 13. I think, I mean, Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen is tempting. I think I would want to adopt young Cara when she first comes to Earth at age 13 because 
then I get to be, and this is maybe a little too much pressure, but I kind of like the idea of being able to be the wise person who gives young Kara the advice on, in the right direction. on how to how to live a, a moral upstanding life and how to to get along with humans and and be able to guide her. I like the idea that I could be like the wise sage who guides <laughs> her through life. So <laughs> not not that I'm qualified for that in any way, but this is a snap judgment. So that's the one I'm going to pick. These are all really good options. I like, I think I'm going to go young Kara because she's like old enough to like do some basic stuff for herself. Like, she <laughs> except, can, like except do the laundry. Eliza would can't not let do her the do the laundry. She's definitely going to mess that up, but she could like, like heat up a hot pocket unsupervised. <laughs> and that's what I like in a child, just the ability to mostly take care of themselves. Also, she's Supergirl, which is pretty cool. Like yeah. those powers could come in handy. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, like shaping her into somebody who's going to oh, give yes. back to humanity, yes. but also maybe I could use her powers from now from time to time or something, something personally enriching for myself. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go young Gara. Okay. Our next snap judgment is a little bit longer. <clears throat> you have been given the power to change the course of the series. Oh, I like this. For a price. Oh, no. Okay. For the sake of the judgment, assume there's a seventh season over which you'll have control. Okay, got it. Which option would you choose? You can introduce Director Bones, mm. bring Cat Grant back, and Kara like gets to be the main character again. Oh, these are all things I like. But in return, Alex and Lena both have to die grisly deaths that will haunt Kara for the rest of the series and leave Esme a fragile, traumatized, and slightly unstable wreck. Or Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen appears on screen. Lena and Kara get to frolic in the woods together, sniffing branches like Disney princesses. And Snapper appears at some point snapping like one of the gang fellows from <laughs> West Side Story, but in return, National City and everyone in it, Alex, Kelly, Esme, Jean, William, Brainy, Nia, Andrea, Eliza, who was visiting, and pretty much everyone else in the cast, is destroyed in a horrifying nuclear blast. I think I mm. could be about the first option where introducing Director mm. Bones, bringing Cat Grant back, Cargus meet, be the main character again. Uh, I'll, I'll sacrifice Alex. <laughs> and Lena, if I have to, to get Carr to be the main character again, and we get Director Bones, and we get Cat Grant, I could, I could, I could be into that option. I could live with that. This one's tough. This one's really tough because there are some things I like in both, but there are some things I don't like in both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I love the idea of Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen, and I like that we get Lena and Carr just frolicking in the woods together. <laughs> That's fun. But on the on the flip side, everyone else is. Dead. Yeah, everybody That's dies. That's not great. So I think I really want Car to be the main character of her own <laughs> show again. So uh, R.I.P. Alex and Lena because <laughs> I'm I'm going Cara and Director Bones on this one. <laughs> it has to be done. It has to be done. I was left no choice. Okay, <laughs> it's happening. It's on. <laughs> it's what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> it's Anna Snapchat <laughs> and. They are long, so let's just let's just know that going in. Let's just, let's just understand that. Okay. The first one. <laughs> if Kara and Lena were to become a romantic pairing, how would you rather have it happen? 
Lena and Carr are alone battling a villain. They're zapping both of them and they are slowly and painfully losing the fight. They are both screaming from exertion as Carr collapses to the ground. Lena's emotional reaction causes a wall of flame protection around them to emerge as she gathers Carr into her arms and kisses her. The kiss brings Carr back to life and she begins to glow. Oh, that's interesting. And rise into the <laughs> air and her new power allows her to defeat the villains in an instant. Or Carr and Lena have defeated the villain with the super friends. They're taking a quiet moment to themselves when Carr brushes the curly hair out of Lena's face because obviously she's a witch now. Uh, <laughs> behind her ear, under her witch hat, she is now wearing. They talk about how much they matter to each other, but this time they lean in to kiss and hug. The scene ends with Carr flying and pushing Lena on a non-magical broomstick around the city under the moonlight. Well, I guess I'm obviously going with the witch hat and the broom. <laughs> I just like the idea of Lena being like on a broom going, car, it's happening. I'm flying. And then the car is behind her going, yes, you are flying. <laughs> like pushing <laughs> She's broom. pushing her. Yeah. I'm not going to let go of this though, because we, it's so great being together, <laughs> but you're doing it. You are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Okay. The love totem, this is the next snap judgment. The love totem seems to have grown on Esme's neck. What is that more likely to mean? That in order to complete the Allstone, Esme will have to be killed and Nixley will accomplish this Ooh, by mind controlling Alex to do it as Esme cries like and begs her to stop as fear and betrayal runs through her. And Kelly watches from afar screaming, not realizing Alex has been mind controlled. Or that Esme will be the last totem standing between Nixley and the Allstone, that she will be captured, told her family is dead, and tortured by Nixley and Lex, who hope that will cause the totem to leave her body if she again feels alone and without love in this cold, dark world. This one's brutal, Anna. <laughs> the The second one doesn't have Alex mind-controlled. Or murdering anyone. Killing <laughs> Esme. So I think I'm going to go the second one where Esme has to feel alone and without love in this cold dark world yeah i'm gonna go with the second one because i don't like either of them esme is too cute for me to imagine anything bad happening to her but in the second one like there's a this could be her villain origin story oh yeah and like a esme coming back who's like, like with she's wanting to get revenge Ooh, yeah like that could be delicious that could be actually really fun like a really like over the top campy like evil esme i could get into that um, the first one's just too much of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next snap judgment. What is more likely true about the Danvers sisters by the end of the season? Alex will die because even though she saved her in the pilot, Kara must learn that some sisters are fated to lose each other forever. Or Kara will die and Alex will never go a day without the pit in her throat knowing she will only be able to see her within the picture frames that will remain hidden away to keep the waves of grief at bay and the whispers in the back of her mind telling her it was her fault. If she had just tried harder, she could have saved her that it will never not be her, her fault. So Alex dies or Cara dies. I don't know why these are our only options, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> The second one really painted a picture, though. It did. It really took me there. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really telling a story. the The first one was, I I was with it and like I understood what it was doing and I think it made sense. But the mm -hmm. second one was really 
taking me on an emotional journey. So I think I'm going to go with the second one. The second one really did kind of take me there. It kind of put me there. But I like kind of the full circleness of the first one. Oh, yeah. Going back to the pilot. Yeah. 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 Car saves her in the pilot, but she can't at, at the end. And so... Uh, while still a bummer, they're both bummer. My only choice is bummer, <laughs> Anna. So I'm gonna go the first one though. Beautiful writing though, honestly. <laughs> really dramatic stuff. Uh, why couldn't you write for this show? <laughs> All right, are we are we ready? It's about to get weird. I can, I can see where this one's going, and it's 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 something. All right, last snap judgment. Last week on Supergirl Radio. You were reunited with your French child, Fleur de Lis. <laughs> uh, you soon discovered, due to the lack of forensic evidence, it's not possible to arrest or charge her with any crime. But that is okay, because you soon realize that she is a very polite and conscientious child. Oh, this took a turn. Okay. Great, great, Anna. She, I like she, this. She, she murdered her almost 800 people, though. <laughs> this is, I mean, that's where the, the snap judgment ends, right? Like, the we're just, she's a great kid, right? Okay. Right, Anna? That's, that's what All we're right. going with. Okay. <laughs> you enroll her in the local public school, and our teachers write you long emails of gratitude for giving them such a diligent, hardworking, and scientific and mathematical genius of a student. At home, she does all her chores promptly and makes you traditional French meals and delicacies. She's nice. kind to animals and offers to sing uh, to sing to you and brush and braid your hair each night. So <laughs> That's she's a like, creepy. she's like a like a Disney animal, <laughs> like, a, like a little bird from. <laughs> okay, one night as you watch her sew by candlelight in her bedroom, you see her cry. She reveals to you that your ex husband. Pierre forced her to become an assassin to feed the family that she had to secretly borrow Vincent's school books to teach herself science and math and that she has never had a friend and wishes she had a friendship like the one you and your co-host have in order to lift her spirits. What do you suggest be done? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Offer to have Mike take her on vacation to France to visit her old hometown in the present day and visit the historical cemetery where Pierre and the others are buried to get closure. Wait, who Ooh. are the others? The other children? I guess the other children. We couldn't okay. save them all. Yeah, we well, and I, gu them. I guess is this uh, is <laughs> is this uh, past like time travel? Are we still? Think, so we she's still the... she's from the past. Yeah, and this is the, is this yeah. a continuation of like? Our previous snapshot. I think before. so. Okay, yeah, I so think we're operating under the premise that like that this is time travel. All those people are already dead. Pierre, all, all the those other people, children, super they've, dead. They've already died. Yeah, okay. they, they died. They died in the past. But okay. she made it to the future because she's diligent. She, uh, she murdered eight hundred people, people to to pay for the time travel machine. <laughs> so are we are we making Mike take her on a vacation to France? Now notice in this. It's just Mike, and I feel uncomfortable with this. <laughs> it seems like we're just sending uh, our little killer, Fleur de Lis, <laughs> on vacation with Mike. I don't know how he's going to feel about it. Okay. Uh, to visit the historical cemetery where Pierre and the others are buried to get closure. Or sign her up for a two-week Canadian winter wilderness youth camp where she is bound to make a friend and heal in nature. I mean, maybe Mike has a great relationship with Fleur. She maybe, has maybe killed a lot of people though, Rebecca. But, but maybe, <laughs> but and maybe this is not a snap judgment for me to make because it does involve Mike. But maybe Mike can get through to her the way no one else can. Maybe he has that like 
that bond with Miss <laughs> They go to a cafe and they have some croissant. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, a maybe Fleur really trusts him in a way that she doesn't trust anyone else. <laughs> and maybe he can he he can just get through to her. Um I mean, I personally like the Canadian winter wilderness youth youth camp. I think I would want to go with Fleur, <laughs> like as a chaperone. Could I could I just go along I, and be part I, of it? I, maybe, maybe. I don't know. We don't seem to be part of either of these scenarios. <laughs> hmm. This is. I mean, puzzler. I and I also don't know that I feel comfortable making a snap <laughs> judgment about Mike because I don't want to put Mike I, in any. What, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to put Mike in any danger. Is it's the, the nature of the snap judgments, though. I mean, I think you have to choose one or the other because we are operating under the premise that now Fleur. Is well, Fleur seems to like us, right? She, she's great. She, she, we, things have turned a corner. She's she's, she's turned a life. She's, she's a great kid. She's she's Hasn't loving everybody. Recently, she's she's doing great in school. So maybe <laughs> she's she's a good kid now. So maybe it's not so bad. So maybe she really just needs some closure. Maybe That's, you know because she's had a hard time. Pierre made her kill all those people. It's brutal. It was really brutal. Pierre's fault. It was Pierre's fault, definitely. <laughs> it was not not little Fleur. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one because it does seem like she needs a friend. It does. It does. But what if what if Mike is that friend that she needs? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> How does she feel about D and D and video games. Does she want to play some video games? Maybe that's how they bonded. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> I kind of, now I've talked myself into <laughs> the option with Mike. Because I really like the idea that Mike has now entered the Fleur de Lis story. <laughs> we, and have brought him in. <laughs> and that he has become the only person that Fleur really connects with. And they have a good relationship. And he's going to help her get over her emotional trauma. That's I'm beautiful. Gonna, it is beautiful. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go the option with Mike. Well, I'm glad that Mike uh, gets to go to Paris in that scenario. But I think I'm gonna send my little killer to the Canadian wilderness. <laughs> the, the thing is, I think she's gonna make a lot of age appropriate friends. But the other thing is, I think that she's just gonna like, uh, pun intended, kill it out there. You know what I mean? Like, if she needs if she needs to go hunting, she's gonna be like, I got it, and just like pull a knife out of nowhere and yeah. like. Just take care of business. And I think in the Canadian wilderness camp, like the other kids are going to find that not frightening like I would, but cool. Oh, my God. She skinned a bear, they'll say. What a cool girl. <laughs> and suddenly she's the coolest girl in the Canadian wilderness camp. <laughs> Everybody wants to be her friend. Who will she choose to be friends with? And I think that she needs that kind of like queen bee energy, really. Yeah. Just like kind of get that into uh, – in the mix. So, yeah, I think she's going to do great in the Canadian wilderness camp. And you know what? I'll see her when she gets back. Yeah, that's really going to boost her <laughs> self-esteem. And she's going to do great. Yeah. I mean, she's she's already she's already killing it at school. <laughs> she's killing it at home. I think she just needs to kill it at camp. And then she's going to be really, really good. Can't wait to see what she does next week. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. All right, that is going to do it for our thoughts. We had a lot of them this week oh my on goodness. the episode, I believe, in a thing called Love from Season 6 of Supergirl. 
And uh, now I think we need to get to some DC TV podcasts and Supergirl radio plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say Speaking of the DC TV podcast T Public store, sorry, this sounds like I've learned how to read for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't ready for that to end. Uh, we have some Lex Luthor related designs in the store. Yeah, so, so that's you, fun. If you need some Lex merch, we got some stuff in there for you, some good stuff. About uh, Lex eating 40 cakes. A classic so comic book <laughs> meme. And then uh, some is Tess Mocker. So if you're, <laughs> if you're interested in that, we got Lex Corp t-shirts. We got Lena related stuff. So a lot of Luther uh, stuff in the store if you are in need of that. Uh, we would also like to thank our Supergirl Radio Patreon supporters. There are legion of super sponsors here. Uh, that would be Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne. Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Anna. If you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor or any of our other levels that we have, our monthly levels, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio and support the podcast that way. Thank you for uh, to everybody who does support us monthly and uh, helping us keep the lights on here at Supergirl Radio. Um, and as a reminder, we're still running our flat Supergirl photography contest for a couple more weeks. It's the home stretch now. So to enter, download and print the flat Supergirl image, which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right hand side of SupergirlRadio.com. Then cut out flat Supergirl and attach her to a popsicle stick or a pen or a pencil. And then you're just going to want to take a creative picture with flat Supergirl. Now, this can be a selfie, but it doesn't have to be. You know what this weekend is? It's Halloween. Um, and I think it would be fun if you gave flat Supergirl a, co a little costume. So yeah. make, a, make a little costume and just kind of like put, you remember the little paper doll outfits that you would just put on the paper doll? Do that with flat Supergirl. She could be, what does she want to be for Halloween? <laughs> Ask her. Ask her. And when she answers, know that you also have a problem now. <laughs> 
where flat Supergirl is haunted. Uh, but give her a little costume, take her out trick or treating with you. Maybe she wants to do something fun, spooky, and seasonal. It's it's a great time. Get her some some apple cider. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do with Flat Supergirl. And while you're doing that stuff, make sure that you take a picture and post that picture as, and these can be as many as you like. So you're not, you don't have to just pick the best one. You can filter <laughs> all of them and send them to us <laughs> and post them to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and Facebook, whatever you want to do and tag at Supergirl radio. And don't forget to use the hashtag Supergirl adventures. So we have a couple of weeks left with this contest. So we do after the show ends, we'll pick our favorite and uh, send you a prize. So thanks to everybody who has participated in the contest so far. Uh, Okay. Well, I guess you can uh, check out me on Vero. I'm at Derby kid. Uh, If you are into Vero, I like to post what I'm watching and listening to. Uh, It's a good place for me to share my thoughts on other TV shows there, uh, TV shows and films. So I I like Vero quite a bit. It's a, it's not widely used, but I enjoy it. Um, I'm also on Instagram at the Derby kid. So you can see my occasional picture over there. I have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duck milk prod. I've been doing, uh live streams on sundays at 4 p.m eastern i haven't been doing them lately i've been a little inconsistent because things have come up on my sundays but uh hopefully um not this sunday but next sunday i'll I'll get back on a more consistent basis uh where i'm doing live streams about uh top critics of rotten tomatoes reviewing batman v superman dawn of justice because it is a fascinating study so if you're interested in that uh subscribe to my youtube channel and uh you'll see me there occasionally Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on DCTV After Dark, presumably at some point. And also <laughs> the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where this week was Legends of Tomorrow's 100th episode. Yay! I know. They grow up so fast. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually away on a weekend trip this week. So oh. we are going to be slightly delayed in our 100th episode podcast episode. Um, so we're going to record, I believe, on Monday. So you're going to have like a lot of time if you watch Legends of Tomorrow. You have some thoughts and feelings about the 100th episode. Uh, you're going to have a lot of time to send that to us. So definitely send us an email or a tweet. Uh, we we want to know about some of uh, some of our listeners' 100 favorite moments of the episode uh, of the season or the series. So if you have a favorite moment, make sure that you send that to us because we were thinking about kind of putting together a very quick list. Don't make it a paragraph though. We're not gonna. We don't want to read a whole paragraph. These are 100 of them, right? So short, short <laughs> and little. But uh, we want to hear uh, your favorite uh, your favorite moments from Legends. I can't believe that. There have been a hundred episodes of that show somehow. It's crazy. Uh, if you would ask me at the beginning of like sometime in season one, I would have been like, maybe we'll get a season two. <laughs> that would be great. And now here we are, a hundred episodes later. Well, so, fun congr- stuff. Congratulations to Legends of Tomorrow and to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast for seeing it through uh, to 100 episodes. That's quite (laughs) an accomplishment. So I appreciate the hard work that it takes to put into the podcast that I listen to, even though I don't watch Nice. 100 episodes of the TV show. I do listen to the podcast. So uh, thank you for the service that you provide for me. Uh, so if you are interested, uh, participate in what they're doing for the 100th episode. That sounds pretty awesome. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, when Lex Luthor is around, tomorrow is never promised. Never promised.
I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. 